Listening to the Sports Loud Mouths. As you heard, you're listening to Errol Marks and the Big Daddy himself, or the Small Daddy, Speedy Petey. 631 672 3108 is the number. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, throughout the week, I'm talking about some of the best shows in the state of New York and throughout the country from Cincinnati to California to Florida to New York. Yes, so check out all our shows at the Sports Loudmouths, which is live every single Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 p.m. This week we had it on. Uh, we did the show on Wednesday at 9 p.m., but we will go back next week on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Speedy, what's up? I am not a father, ladies and gentlemen, so don't let Errol fool you. Mm. I am the furthest thing away from having my Do you own want kids. to be a dad? I don't know. I, there's the... Would you, what, what, if you were to choose a woman that you could end up with, what, what color hair would it be? I don't know. Some... Well, ginger? How about that? A brunette? I, I, a blonde? I really, I really only have one thing. I like just... As long as it's vibrant hair, I'm good vibrant? with it. Vibrant? What do you mean vibrant? Like, I see a lot of people now, especially my age group, like have these like in-between brown brown hair and blonde hair hairstyles. You mean they dye it? Yeah. And it's like, it looks like it's like a like a honeycomb, and I don't like it. A honeycomb? You, yeah. you, you don't like honeycomb? Not for a hairstyle. I like the cereal. Okay. You like honeycombs? Yeah. I like honeycombs. Yeah. Do you like it with milk or orange juice? milk. <laughs> Why? You've never poured orange juice? I would never juice? pour orange juice in cereal. Why no. not? What, what's wrong with that pouring? That is a bad mixture that I do not need to But have you of. tried it? Yes, I'm not doing that. You have tried it. A while ago, and it was gross. It was gross, and yeah. you decided not to do it. Yeah. Well, I... I what, so you like you like blondes. Is that what you're saying? I like... I like vibrant color. Like, the color has to be full. Like, like a blonde that's actually blonde, not like one that's like, like almost brown. Like, what color eyes? That doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter. How about the body tone? Do you like it? You like a, a woman curvy? You like a woman skinny? I don't really care. What do you mean you don't really care? I'm not that analytical. So if I if I brought a 300 pound woman into this room right now, would you be attracted to a blonde? I don't know. 350 I have pound no idea. woman? It, it's, it's too. It's too. I'm just asking. What kind of? It. What kind of? I body? can't imagine it. You couldn't imagine a woman no, 350 no. pounds? No. Really? No, no, no. I'm saying I can't imagine just based on a like a audio description. But I'm, I'm asking you because I, I, I can't, if I, I can't brought a 350 pound blonde woman here, I can't judge based on an audio description. An audio description? Yeah, I have to see it. You have to see her. You mean? Yes. You correct. call it an it? Okay. So whatever. All right. So a blonde woman, 300 pounds, you might be interested in. 
I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Uh, what body part do you like the most? I don't know. You like legs? Sure. We'll go with that. How about that? You, you, do you like? Do you like the butt? You, sure. Does that I'll, stand out to you? I don't know. We'll stick to the legs. You like it round? I, all right. Yes. Uh, I'm asking you good questions. These are good questions. How about um, uh, what what would you like a woman to do for a living? I don't care what she does for a living. So so it's just pretty much blonde I hair. I hope she's successful. Yeah. But... So just blonde hair. That's it. I didn't say that. Well, I said vibrant. Vibrant. What is a vibrant? I don't understand. No, no in between hair colors. Like I don't I don't I don't want like a reddish blonde or anything like that. Like I like or like a, a brownish blonde. Like I don't, I don't I want it to be like full. I don't want it to be in between. That's really okay. It. So you don't want the woman's yeah, hair to be dyed. I mean, if it's dyed, I have it's, never uh, heard a, a man say. I, you think I'm like so picky? I yeah, because you you see who uses vibrant hair? Because I'm not being judgmental. Uh, it's <laughs> very weird, Speedy. Very very weird. At nine thirty, we'll be talking to former Chargers, Cardinals, Ravens, and Panther quarterback Antoine Kaysen. So he will be joining us. And at 10 o'clock, we'll be talking to football outsider editor-in-chief Aaron Schatz. He'll be joining us a little bit later in the show as well. We'll get into, uh, you know, obviously the future Hall of Famers, as Darrell Rivas looks like he might be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, quite a few people. Uh, Freeney, Dwight Freeney could be um, picked as a first, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. DeMarcus Ware as well. DeMarcus Ware. Joe Thomas. And Devin Hester. And Devin Hester. Mm -hmm. Very, very interesting. Um, Woody Johnson says that the Jets will be willing to spend money in the offseason for a quarterback if that is the missing piece. And and obviously it could be the missing piece. Uh, Derek Carr, uh, Penn's farewell. Well, Penn's farewell. He says farewell uh, as he puts a letter out on Twitter. Uh, thanking the Raiders and the Raider fans. So definitely, if you're a Raider fan, he pretty much is going to be gone at the end of the full football season. Uh, Lamar Jackson officially ruled out the Bengals uh, versus the Bengals. Kevin Durant to miss at least a month with another MCL sprain, which we didn't really get into it yesterday, so we'll get into it tonight. Dodgers buy out Trevor Bauer for $21 million. MLB says he is only eligible to sign for a league minimum contract. Mets, did you hear that? And wild card picks. Uh, last week, uh, I was 11 and 5. Speedy was 14 and 2. And Derek was 13 and 3. So you guys actually beat me last week. Uh, very interesting. Who's in the lead? Do you do you? You're in the lead still for the season. I think by three right now. Look at that. Yeah, I'll, 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 I, I'm pretty sure you were ahead by six last week, so I would have gained three games. There you go. All right. So why don't we get into it? Woody Johnson speaks out. He, he speaks to the press today, and a lot of interesting things. And I know everybody sits back, and uh, Zach Wilson is probably going nowhere. Mike Lafleur was fired, so they're going to be looking to bring in a veteran offensive coordinator. I, I really hope they don't bring in the quarterback coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. You don't need to bring in a guy that's a first-time offensive coordinator. You need to bring in a guy that has experience. Because if you bring in Derek Carr or Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy Garoppolo, you want to bring in a guy that is consistent with his play calling, something that Mike LaFleur hasn't been in two years. 
Woody Johnson speaks out to the press today and says that he'll spend a little bit of money in the offseason if it brings a franchise quarterback in, the missing piece to help them get over the hump and win a Super Bowl. Now, is Derek Carr going to win him a Super Bowl? Probably not. Is Jimmy Garoppolo going to win him a Super Bowl? Probably not. Is Lamar Jackson, if somehow he becomes available, going to win the Jets a Super Bowl? Probably not. The only quarterback that I honestly could say that would help the Jets win a Super Bowl next year is Aaron Rodgers. Now, I don't know what the Green Bay Packers are going to want for Aaron Rodgers. I don't. And, and, and I, Keith, I know you see Jackson could. Jackson has won, what, two games in the playoffs? One. One game in the playoffs. <laughs> and he didn't really I don't, play well. <laughs> I don't trust Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. I don't. But Aaron Rodgers has won a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers, over the last couple of years, couldn't get over the hump against San Francisco. He's had problems against the elite teams in the NFC. But Aaron Rodgers, with the weapons that the Jets have, the running game that the Jets have, and maybe if Mekhi Becton comes back healthy, and Elijah Veritaka comes out back healthy, that Jets could have a chance to win a Super Bowl next year. They would definitely be definitely be one of the favorites to come out of the AFC. 100%. Top three. You would probably say the Jets, Buffalo, Kansas City. If the Jets make a move and bring in Aaron Rodgers. But we don't even know if Aaron Rodgers will be gone from the Green Bay Packers. Nothing has come out so far that the Green Bay Packers are going to look to trade him. I haven't seen anything. I've been all over uh, the websites for the Packers and the Pack. Haven't heard and haven't seen anything. What we have seen is Woody Johnson come out and pretty much say that he is willing to open up his pockets this offseason. He is going to have to pay Quinton Williams. There's no question he's going to have to open up his pockets for that. Quinton Williams already said he will sit. He does not want to be franchised. He wants a big-time contract. He had a very good season this year. He's probably the, probably the best interior defensive lineman in the league this year, even over Aaron Donald, who didn't have one of those all-pro years. You look at where the Jets are at, and they're, they're, they're going to have a young team next year again. And this year, their offense was just absolutely abysmal. And that's why Mike LaFleur is no longer with the organization. They need to find a quarterback that can take the bull by its horns and get this team into the playoffs. Sauce Gardner today pretty much said that he guarantees in 2023 that the Jets will make the playoffs. And that's a great goal for the New York Jets since they haven't been in the playoffs now for 13 years. The longest drought in NFL in the NFL right now. You sit back and you wonder where this organization is going to go when it comes to the quarterback position. We know they're going to keep Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson will be on the bench in the offseason learning whoever's offense and whatever offensive coordinator comes and gets signed by the New York Jets. You sit back, and, and I don't know who it is. It, it could be Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. It could be 
Kubiak. It could be this guy, that guy. It has to be a veteran. I think the Jets should reach out to North Turner. I know he's an old man. I know he's like in his close to his 80s. But this is a guy that has helped young quarterbacks. This guy is one of the better quarterback whispers. He was never a good coach in the NFL. Never. When he was with the Redskins, a.k.a. Washington Commanders, he was never a good coach. I think he was with the Chargers, too. Yeah. He couldn't win. But as an offensive coordinator, he is a good offensive coordinator. He is a guy that can help with the youth and the youngsters on this roster for the New York Jets. Now, more than likely, North Turner will not come back next year. And I know there's a couple of names that have stood out. Bevel is one of those guys that the Jets and Robert Sala are connected with. I do not think the Jets should bring in Bevel. They need to find somebody. They need an older face in this locker room for coaches. Robert Sala, young guy. They fired their quarterback, uh, their not quarterback, their wide receiver coach in Austin, uh, Miles, Miles today. Austin. Miles Austin today. They they fired their offensive line coach today. They're cleaning house. That offense was one of the worst offenses in the NFL last year. Well, this year. I say last year because it's over. So when Woody Johnson comes out and says he's willing to open up his pockets, which usually means if the Jets make a trade or they sign Derek Carr, because Derek Carr could very much be available uh, after the season ends. They, the The Las Vegas Raiders has three days to either trade, trade him or release him. Now, he has a no-trade clause. And he has the, they have the opportunity to waive him. And they probably will waive him. And they're not going to get much for him. They might get a fifth or a fourth for, for somebody like him because, first of all, he's under contract. It's guaranteed if, if it goes into this contract. Now, he has, they have time to drop him and waive him where the contract is null and void. The question is, is Derek, DeCar- is Derek Carr the guy that the Jets are going to ride with next year? It's not going to be Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is going to sit the bench a full season next year and maybe a full season after that. He has three more years on his rookie contract with that one-year option. So it's two years with the one-year option. I believe the Jets will sit him for two years, let him learn under whoever they bring in. They'll sign that quarterback probably for three to four years where, you know, in the third or fourth year they can, you know, obviously trade him or drop him. It doesn't affect their cap. I I sit back and I wonder when it comes to the money issue, how much money is the Jets going to have in the offseason? Right now they have $9 million. They'll probably let go of Corey Davis. They'll probably move on for maybe Kawan Alexander. They have Jermaine Johnson. They should start him next year. He should play more than one snap every other every other down or whatever the hell he was playing. Or down pass rusher. He needs to play at least three downs. He should be playing. This is a first-round draft pick. He should be playing a significant amount. 
So I expect him to play more next year. Uh, the whole Carl Lawson thing, he did have eight sacks this year. I think the Jets either renegotiate his deal, even though he has two years left on his contract, or you let him go. And then you draft the pass rusher in the first round. The Jets have a lot of decisions to make. Because when it comes to the money issue that the Jets have going into the offseason, it could be significant. Especially when you have to put probably around 21 to $22 million a year into Quinn Williams, one of the best defensive linemen in all of football. Thank God the Jets have a really young team. They did overpay for Lincoln Tomlinson. He will be back next year because it would hurt their cap if they decide to release him. They they have control of Makai Beckham and Elijah Veritaka, so they don't have to overpay these guys. They still have control of them. DJ Reed is under contract for another two years, so the Jets are in position. Now, they'll probably get rid of Joyner. He'll be gone. Good riddance. They'll probably get rid of both safeties. They'll draft a safety in a second round and probably draft another safety or maybe move one of their corners, that the extra corners that they have, the Eccles of the world. Maybe they start Bryce him. Hall. A Bryce Hall. They'll train him to, and teach him how to play safety in, in the offseason so they could fill in those spots. Right now, it's all about the quarterback. Where do the Jets go? When it comes to the court. And I, I don't want to hear about Lamar Jackson. Because Lamar Jackson is not going to be available this offseason. He's not. And why would the Jets change their complete offensive style to bring in Lamar Jackson? That means Garrett Wilson won't be used right. Elijah Moore won't be used right. Denzel Mims probably won't even be on this roster. Because he doesn't fit this roster then. They, they would become an automatic run first, run second, run third team. And they keep both tight ends then in that case. Too. And so they the would have to keep the tight doing ends. That. Yeah, so it doesn't make any sense. I do not see Lamar Jackson as the guy they're going to bring in. They, a West Coast offense, Derek Carr fits the West Coast offense if they decide to keep him. And they probably will because obviously Robert Sala likes to run everything that Kyle Shanahan likes to run. So they're going to bring somebody that's connected I believe, to Kyle Shanahan and the way he runs his offense. They cannot bring in a rookie offensive coordinator this time. They cannot. They need to find a veteran offensive guy. Remember, this is a one-year, this is a one-stop shop. This is one year. If they don't make the playoffs next year, Robert Sala's gone. Robert Sala will be gone next year. And Joe Douglas could very, even with the draft that he, the drafts that he has had, Joe Douglas could be gone next year, even though he's rebuilt this team the way he wanted to rebuild it in the draft. Mm -hmm. They cannot miss the playoffs another year next year. Yeah, because they're too talented. Yeah, because especially if they he misses the quarterback decision too, that just shows that maybe you're not ready for to figure out the quarterback. If say they trade for Derek Carr, or they sign Jimmy Garoppolo, and even and they don't work out over there either for that one year, then he's going to be looked at that way too. And the Jets are going to want to hire somebody that's better at finding quarterback talent. I think Derek Carr, Frank Reich would probably be the ideal combination. Frank Wright coming from Andy Reid's offense. I heard Frank Wright is probably getting a coaching job. Yeah, I could, no, I could see that. But if they if they could cut, he might the, take the Texan job. Yeah, again, I was talking about the Panthers yesterday as well as a possibility if they don't go after Demeco Ryan's. I heard too. So there's there's options. But again, you want you definitely want an ideal uh, a circumstance where Derek Carr is the guy. I think now 
now that he penned the letter on Twitter, he's good as good as gone from the Raiders. I say all the time, like when players make those kinds of messages, it's going to lower their trade value a little bit. And as you said, the Raiders are on a ticking time bomb at the end of the season to be able to trade Derek Carr. So you might get Derek Carr for a fourth round pick and probably less because maybe less. Yeah, he is probably going to go on waivers and they're probably going to drop him. Uh, not waivers. He'll be a free agent. He'll be an unrestricted free agent yep. if they drop him. And the Jets could get him for nothing. Right. And he, they have three days after the season, after the Super Bowl, to move him. So there'll be teams lining up, and they'll offer him probably a four or a fifth or a six. Teams and, – and, and if I were the Jets, if you can get Derek Carr for a fourth or a fifth round, I would do it. I would absolutely do it. Mm-hmm. Sign him. Give him a three- to four-year deal, you know. I would load it up in the in the in the first two years, and then on the back end, you can obviously wave him or drop him or trade him because uh, you have Zach Wilson. So I think Derek Carr can help the Jets now in the AFC in the NFC in in the NFC. I'm sorry, he plays in the AFC. He plays for the Raiders. He he played in a harder division. He played with the Chiefs. He played with the Chargers. He played against the Broncos twice twice a year. It's a, a harder division. Now, coming into the AFC East, which has been uh, a really good division this year with the Jets, the Dolphins, the, the Patriots, and Buffalo, it, it's going to be a little bit more competition. It's going to be a little bit different. But I believe with the, the, the way this team is built, offensively and defensively, they are just missing a guy that's going to be able to make the throws make every single throw, and get the ball to their playmakers. And they have the running backs. They have the weapons to run this offense. And if they have a competent quarterback, they could have won 10 games this year. They could have won 11 games. They would have definitely not lost against the Patriots in any one of those games. They would have swept the Patriots this year. And they probably would have beaten Miami in the final game of the season. So, Derek Carr, is he an elite quarterback? No. Is he a top 12 quarterback in the NFL? I think he is. In a lot of years he's been. I think he is. I think his numbers, and I know what Jeff's going to say, his numbers don't bode well. It's all garbage time. I don't care. I don't care if it's garbage time. I don't care if it's in the third and fourth quarter. It, it could be different in the AFC East. It could be different with the weapons that the Jets have and, and the way they run their offense. Now, if are they are the Jets going to wait until they decide what quarterback they're going to bring in before they bring in the offensive coordinator? I don't believe that. I believe the they're already interviewing right now. The Jets they're already interviewing, and I think they'll interview for the next couple of weeks. I believe by the the AFC and NFC title game, the Jets will make their decision on who they're going to bring in as their offensive coordinator. If the Jets are smart, you bring in a veteran guy. A guy that knows how to run an offense, uh, an easier offense, an easier West Coast offense. Because the way Mike LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan likes to run the offense, and even you look at Sean McVay and and um, Matt LaFleur, that offense is so difficult. If you don't have a veteran quarterback that understands the strategic way to run that offense, they are going to make more mistakes than make positive offensive moves. Uh, Joseph DiFilippo in the comments says, how do they pay a quarterback and also sign a quarterback to a long-term deal? I'd rather get a quarterback if I had to choose. Well, again, being there drafting in the middle, it's going to be a little bit harder. It might not necessarily be doable, but I think the Jets' objective with the money that they have, especially with Woody Johnson's comments, is going to be to spend on a veteran Here's a question. Here's a question. If the Jets decide 
they want to go after a quarterback in the draft. That means they got to get into the top ten. They got to get at seven or six. Three, the three quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and uh, Levis. Levis, Levis, they're all going to go in the top seven. That means the Jets have to move in the top seven. They're drafting at 13. To jump 13 to seven, you're practically going to have to give up another first-round draft pick to move in that position. The Jets cannot do that. They cannot. Look at the Rams. Look at where the, the position of the Rams. Sean McVay might be contemplating on leaving the Rams after winning a Super Bowl a year before. Now he's thinking about leaving. Why? Because they have no future. Now, I'm not saying if the Jets gave up two first-round draft picks and maybe a fourth to move up at seven to get the quarterback of their – how do they know that quarterback's going to turn into an elite quarterback? And here's the question. Are you then giving up on Zach Wilson? Two years ago, you drafted him at number two in the first round. You're going to give up on him? It doesn't make sense. And I can't see Woody Johnson doing that or Chris Johnson doing that. I believe they want I believe they want Zach Wilson to sit the bench. They want to bring in a veteran guy, a, a veteran guy that fits this offense and, and gives the Jets leadership. Now, I don't know how much of a leader Derek Carr is. I, I didn't watch all season long, every single game with the Vegas Raiders. I did see what the Vegas Raiders did to him at the end of the season. Sitting him out as a third-string quarterback. They didn't even let him dress the last two games. Okay? This is one of the top 13 quarterbacks in the NFL. And you didn't even dress him. Now, I, Josh McDaniels is a poor offensive man, you know, offensive coach. Now, he's a good offensive coordinator. As far as a coach is concerned, in the NFL, he is not a good coach. You saw what he did with the Broncos. This is his first year with the Vegas Raiders. They added Devontae Adams, okay? They added Adams to this roster. And this roster was horrible. Adams had a good season. Waller didn't have a good season, couldn't stay healthy. Jacobs is probably going to be gone next year. I don't believe they're going to re-sign him. Renfro couldn't stay healthy. And when he was on the field, they wouldn't throw him the ball. I think the Jets need to decide. It's either, this is my opinion, it's either Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr. Jimmy already said that he would like to sign back with the 49ers. And if... I don't know what they're going to do with Purdy. And if Purdy gets this team into the Super Bowl, maybe they give up on Trey Lance. Maybe they think Purdy is the future quarterback of this organization. He looks pretty good. I listen to all these people say that Purdy could be the future quarterback of this organization. Who knows? Jimmy Garoppolo could be gone. If he is, that's that's the guy that will probably fit in Robert Sala. Robert Sala knows him the most. But Derek Carr is a better all-around quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. So I, I sit here today. I, I, I This is probably the best season when it comes to available, I wouldn't say franchise quarterbacks, but competent, good quarterbacks in the NFL. How many times have you seen, when, when, you, when you go into the offseason, five quality quarterbacks available to either be traded, signed, or moved? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson could be available, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, 
How many times have we seen this? And that, that's why it's unheard of to see all these quarterbacks available in an offseason. So the Jets are going to have their pick. Are they going to spend? And, and here's the thing. They got to make sure they got to maneuver contracts because, again, they still have to pay Quinn and Williams. Quincy Williams is going to have to be paid. They have a young team. They have to actually figure out how they're going to pay some of these guys the year after. Because if they sign Derek Carr and they give Derek Carr an $80 million contract, a Tannehill type of contract, like the Tennessee Titans did for him, giving him a four-year $80 million contract, they got to make sure that it fits the next two years of their cap. Because there'll be other guys that are going to be available or up for free agency next year. So that's the problem here. and That's where the Jets have to swing. They thought... They thought Zach Wilson was the guy. They thought that they can move forward in the offseason with Zach Wilson. Obviously, they have they don't believe in Zach Wilson right now. Now, they believe in his talents. They believe that they can get him to where he could be a franchise quarterback. But for right now, he's got to ride the bench. He's got to ride the bench. And now they got to decide who their offensive coordinator is and then have to figure out who they're going to bring in as their quarterback. I believe they're going to get either Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo. No question. Unless they make a trade, a surprise trade with a team that nobody's seen. Now, I don't think they're giving getting a Russell Wilson-esque type of player. I don't think that's going to happen. Lamar Jackson is not going to the Jets. Jet fans, get that out of your head. He's not going to the Jets. He's not. And what what is what is Keith saying over here? Uh, Carr throws a lot of interceptions at key moments in the game, and then Ben responded, uh, "So does Rogers." Beggars can't be choosers. Okay, these guys are available. You can't look at what he's thrown, in, you know, against you know in in Vegas or with Oakland. You have to look at it now. If he goes to another organization, he goes to another conference. I mean, another division. Maybe he's better. Maybe it, it, it gives him a little bit more uh, of a boost. Gives him more confidence. You can't look at what he's done in the past. We've seen quarterbacks jump ship and go to other organizations and completely different quarterbacks. We've seen this before. And we've seen quarterbacks go to those. They were good, and a.k.a. Russell Wilson goes to another organization and completely bomb. Maybe because of the offensive line. Maybe because of the weapons. Maybe because of the coaching. Right now, you cannot. Right now, those are the two quarterbacks, the three quarterbacks that are going to be available, or four quarterbacks that are going to be available. They got to choose the guy that fits the best with this team. What does Keith say now? You have to look at what he did in the past. Yes, you can go by players. Uh, HX. I don't know what that means. <laughs> First of all, you're going to sit here. You're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. What? The Green Bay Packers are going to want for Aaron Rodgers is probably, they're not going to get a first, but they'll probably ask for a second and a fourth. Okay? So you're going to have to give up a second and a fourth and pay Aaron Rodgers, which hurts your cap. That doesn't make sense for the Jets. Then, okay, so we look at Lamar Jackson. They're going to have to trade for Lamar Jackson. Lamar is going to be uh, maybe a first or two first-round draft picks for Lamar Jackson. You're going to have to trade two firsts and maybe a fourth for Lamar Jackson. So now you set your team back when it comes to the draft, and then you have to pay him 
a two hundred, you know, two hundred million or three hundred million dollars up front. That means you're probably not going to be able to resign Quinn Williams, Jimmy G. Okay, Jimmy G is going to want between twenty five and thirty million dollars. Okay, that's what he's going to be asking for. Now he could be, he would be a free agent. He's unrestricted. But you see here right now, Jimmy G can't stay healthy. Jimmy G hasn't been fully healthy for almost two and a half years. You're going to pay this guy $30 million a year. And the guy can't stay 100% healthy. It doesn't make sense. The only guy that makes a lot of sense for the Jets and to take a chance on, take a flyer on, because he could be available off, uh, because he's a free agent, because I don't believe they're going to be able to trade him. And if they do, they're not going to get a high draft pick for him because they need to get rid of that contract before, in three days, they have to give him guaranteed $28 million and he has a no-trade clause. They're going to either try to trade him or let him go. It makes a lot of sense for the Jets to pick him off, pick him up as a free agent, Pay him $70, $80 million. Don't worry about what he did in the past. You get yourself a quarterback, a top 12, top 13 quarterback in the NFL, and ride with him. And hope that the offensive coordinator that you bring in, and hope that these young players in a second year, the Garrett Wilsons, and in a third year, Elijah Moore and Denzel Mims, and this offensive line of Mekhi Becton and, and obviously Elijah Vera Tucker and Brees Hall, all these guys come back 100% healthy and give the Jets that spring that they need offensively. Uh, before we go to break, uh, Keith says Rodgers will win you a Super Bowl before any other quarterback. And Packers, uh, Ben says Packers are looking at maybe going after Carr, not for if it was straight up for Rodgers or what the trade would be, but they did inquire about it. Of course they did. I'm, I'm telling you right now, Carr will be let go by the Raiders. They are not going to be able to trade him. And if they trade him, they're not getting more than a fourth for him because it's a lot of guaranteed money. One, team, the team that trades for him has to take that contract on. That's, that's the problem here. They would have to. Now, if they let him go, he becomes a free agent. Then you can renegotiate the deal with Derek Carr and his agent. It makes a little bit more sense to do that. If, if, and Derek Carr has his choices of where he wants to play. Come on. He wants to go to a team that's going to give him a chance to make it to the playoffs and make a run. Now, is the Jets a team that the, he thinks could win a Super Bowl? I don't know what Derek Carr and his agent thinks. There'll be at least five or six teams, at least five or six teams, that are going to be interested in Derek Carr. When we come back... We will be talking to former Chargers, Cardinals, Ravens, and Panthers cornerback Antoine Kaysen, Kaysen here on the Sports Loudmouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You are listening to the Sports Loud Mounts. Check out our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week. We've got shows from Cincinnati, Florida, San Diego, California, Texas, New York. 
You can listen to the Sports Loud Mounts every single Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 p.m. And we have our first guest. Sorry uh, that we took a little too long because we're, we're speaking about the Jets and a lot to talk about here in New York. We are now talking to former Chargers, Cardinals, Ravens, and Panthers cornerback Antoine Kaysen. Antoine, what's up, man? Yo, what's up? How you doing? Just West Coast living? <laughs> You're one of the lucky ones, okay? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I, I like the cold. Anybody that listens to this show, I like the cold. I, I, I don't like this this weather. It's it's rainy. It's 50 degrees. It's 20 degrees. It's 10 degrees. It's snowing. I don't like this. Just stay cold and, and let it be cold. But New York doesn't ever work that way. But how are you and your family doing uh, with the COVID-19 situation and everything that's gone on over the last couple of years? Yeah, my family, fortunately, is doing well. We've had our challenges with the uh the last few years but you know getting through them and everybody now is doing well so i can't complain about that and and i'm still here so i'm you know i'm i'm blessed to to be able to still be here uh through all of that well you should be blessed and you are blessed and you you were blessed to have a pretty long career in the nfl and you you being a first round draft pick from the san diego uh chargers let's get into your career before we get into what you think is going to happen going into the playoffs this this coming week which is probably the best week of football every single year. So, Antoine, you've had a very interesting career. You played for multiple teams. You played for the Chargers, the Cardinals, the Ravens, the Panthers. What was it like being drafted in 2008 as a first-round draft pick? Oh, it was incredible. Um, it, it, it was a feeling that it's just hard to recreate, you know. Uh, you work so hard for so long. And then it happens and you're shocked, <laughs> right? So it's like so many emotions you go through when that happens. But to to hear my name um, just from thinking about it for so long and family being around and, you know, being able to live that out was 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 incredible. So the, the feeling is unmatched. It's really hard to get back into that because, again, I, like I said, all those emotions from, damn, I worked so hard to do this. Is this really happening? <laughs> and, and then accepting it. So you had to play with a couple of good defensive backs on that team. Antonio Cromartie, who later was with the Jets, Eric Weddle, one of the one of the top safeties. Quentin Jammer was a good corner. So how did they help grow your game and mentor you when you first got to the Chargers? Well, it was interesting, right? Those guys have, have I mean, those are top picks as well, right? And they they played some some really great football. So for me, it was, you know, I didn't I didn't try and go in there and ask for help or any of those things right away. It was okay, let me go in here and ball. And then that's when people start to, you know, kind of pay attention a little bit more. And let me just figure my own lane out before I start asking everybody what they're doing or how they're doing it and take in so much information. But those guys were incredible, man. Just um, embracing me with the defense. And a lot of times with those those veterans, like like those guys that I played with, if you have fun, be yourself and 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 grind. They understand what comes with that, so they they were uh, they were they they took to me very well, and I took to them very well, and it, it just kind of happened in that way. Now we I've been speaking about North Turner, okay, North Turner, who I think is one of the better offensive coordinators in NFL history. What was it like playing for North Turner? I mean, it was it was interesting, uh, you know, Norv. I, I mean, I think people know. I don't know if people know, but North wasn't a super super tough like guy right mm -hmm. um he really was you know a, a veteran coach um 
He embraced veterans. Uh, so for me, as a defender too, I didn't. You know, it, it may sound crazy, but I didn't really interact with Norv as much as mm. is, is is what it may seem. Um, which was which was interesting to me. If me being a first round pick and he was the head coach, it was it was a little weird. But you know, I didn't I didn't have a problem with him. He was more of an offensive guy, and um, being around those offenses where I mean, he did come up with some stuff that was like, oh wow, you know, well, <laughs> this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> so one of the guests of our show a couple of years ago was uh, your former teammate Sean Merriman. So uh, mm-hmm. what was he like on and off the field? As oh, you know that guy's an interesting dude. You know, <laughs> and uh, on the field. Of course, I didn't have like the the, the super crazy lights out years, um, but I played with him, and he he was just an intense guy, right? His he he on the field was he was he was all of lights out, you know, all of what you saw practice. He brought that same that same intensity. I used to tease him all the time because practice he came <laughs> oiled up, <laughs> like he came oiled up, you know, shirt up, got his abs out, muscles out, and it was just. It was lights out, though. You know, that was his thing, and he uh, he did it very well. <laughs> we are talking to former Chargers, Cardinals, Ravens, and Panthers cornerback Antoine Kaysen. Antoine, the cornerback position now in the league has really been – uh, these guys are elites. You, you're talking about guys like Sauce Gardner, six foot three, can run uh, a four four or four five, and can jump like a deer. And and they could do all these things. And and we we, we look at guys that played at your time, Darrell Revis, and 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 all the different corners that were elites in the time that you played. Peterson, is there a particular cornerback right now that's in the league that you can compare your skills to? You know, it's tough. I. You know, just with what I'm doing, I haven't really paid too much attention. I usually try and, like, get film and watch it. Mm. Um, it's, it's very hard to say. Like, I've, I'm trying to pay attention to, the uh, you know, to Sauce Gardner, but I don't get many New York Jet games right. on the West Coast, you know? So I haven't really been able to watch the corners as closely as I would like, but just to see his length, um, you know, and 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 – and seeing him in Cincinnati, you know, in college, and then to, to to keep that going, it's hard for offenses to beat DBs who have length and who understand how to use that length to their advantage and, you know, just being close. Mm. So if a longer, taller, you know, you know, fast corner could just be close, that is, like, very scary um, for offenses. And, and And it seems like that's what he's done well. I've always been considered a bigger corner, tall, long, lengthy, can play the ball well. So I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know yet. I have to get, I have to get back in my, in, in my, my film room and, and start watching these guys a little closer. Don't, don't worry. You could, you could go back into the film room and still probably watch more film than Kyler Murray did. <laughs> I know. And I just, I love watching it, you know, just to see, just to see players now, uh, you know, and, and, and how different guys have different ab- ab- abilities and be so athletic is incredible. I, I wasn't sure if you were going to take that well, but you, you did like the joke. I know you played for the Cardinals, <laughs> so I, yes. I, 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 I didn't know how you were going to take that. But yeah. It's hilarious because, I, don't, I you know, watch film. That's your job, yeah. you know. <laughs> you know, I mean, all that, that fun stuff is, is, is cool, but, it, you know, hey, watch that film. And I just started to 
to watch it so much that I, I just got entrenched in it. It's like, oh, man, this is what they're doing. This is what they're doing. I, I love watching this stuff. So so speaking of quarterbacks, uh, my question is, who is the who is the toughest quarterback that you had to go up against and also the toughest receiver you had to guard individually, either man-to-man or in zone coverage? Oh, I mean, quarterbacks, jeez. When I was playing, there was uh, Tom Brady, that guy. Uh, there was Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, um, Ben Roethlisberger was still playing. Um, she's, there were so many quarterbacks that, that, that were good. Um, and that's what I talked about earlier, being close. So when you have quarterbacks like that, just be close because they put the ball in so many good spots that it was very important for me to, to be close, uh, receiver rise. I still played when Randy Moss was there. Of course he wasn't the same, but he was Randy Moss. Mm. So you had to take him serious. Marvin Harrison ran great routes. The guy in Detroit, Calvin Johnson, yep. he was a tough, tough cover. There were a lot of a lot of guys. I've covered tight ends. There was Tony Gonzalez. Mm. Um, you know, uh, Vernon Davis was super fast. You've had, you know, there was a fullback who would split out at wide receiver sometimes, and you couldn't, you you couldn't um, take him lightly. His name was Marcel Reese. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember Marcel Reese. Yeah, yeah, he was fast early on. You know, so there was there were tough covers. Um, and then the, the, the smaller quick guys, they just, you know, ran some scat routes and things like that. But there were a lot of good receivers. We are talking to former Chargers, Cardinals, Ravens, and Panthers cornerback Antoine Kaysen. You know, there, there's something that you have in common with Deion Sanders and Charles Woodson. It's crazy to say this, but you won the same award they did in college, the Jim Thorpe Award. What was it like winning defensive back of the year? That was huge because, you know, throughout the whole recruiting process, um, it's totally, di- you know, it's different now. But then the coaches only got one one visit a week. Yep. And, you know, we would th- – that visit, my uncle would be there, my mom, my dad, my grandparents, and all of that stuff. And, you know, my uncle's question always would be to the coaches, what are you going to do to help my nephew win the Jim Thorpe Award? Because that is one of his goals. Mm. And it was always interesting because the coaches probably weren't ready for that. But when the Stoops came in, they started rattling off names. (laughs) Um, He had Terrence Newman. They had Roy Williams. He had Derek Strait. um, And then Mike or or Mark Stoops had uh, (laughs) Ed Reed, Sean Taylor, Mike Rumpf, Philip Buchanan, and all these names. And it was like, well, she's well, here we are. Sounds like this is the, the company I need to be in. Mm. So being able to go to Arizona, work my, my, my tail off, coming out being a three-star recruit, um, and not highly recruited at all. I mean, three offers in the Pac-10 at the time is, is, is a good amount of offers, but it wasn't what people think. And um, having to go in there and work, I started off as a freshman, uh, of course, Fourth string, wow. you know, fifth string corner. Um, that was going into my true freshman year. Coach Stoops always said, I don't care. I don't, well, he said, I don't give a damn if you're a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. If you can contribute and play, I'm going to find a place for you to play. And uh, I said, Dad, that's where I'm going. And they have Thorpe, just the all these DBs. Fourth string DB going into camp in the summer. Fourth, fifth, fifth string DB. Mm-hmm. Um, true freshman year starting and then 
just taking that all the way out and saying, oh, shit, this dream is real. Hmm. And so when I won it, it just it just took me back to all of those times where, you know, people didn't think I could I could be what I could be. And the biggest thing was, is seven of those schools in the Pac-10, not the three that I were I was recruited to or offered. Those coaches told me to my face, you we don't think you're good enough to play corner in the Pac-10. Hmm. That's what I heard. That's what I was told. That's not he say, she say shit. That's <laughs> what they told me. And so I took that chip like, OK, you could kiss all of what I got and I'm going to come in here and do this. And I did it. And that was just so satisfying to me. Hmm. So being you're a big, uh, you played play in the Pac-10, you're still an Arizona guy, Pac-12 guy. We've seen a lot of expansion going on in college football, especially with the Pac-12. Now UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten in a couple of years. So what is your thoughts on all that? And can you can you see the Pac-12 kind of get back to that former glory that it had with teams like USC and Oregon and teams like that? Yeah, it's interesting, you know, SC and, and UCLA leaving. Um, of course, I don't know the behind-the-scenes stuff, but, you know, that decision sounds like it was made for the best – for, for them to be to be better I, I don't know national different recruiting I have no idea <laughs> but for the pack you know Deion Sanders is in Colorado so that's a little resurgence again um Utah is playing well Washington I hear has a really good coach the quarterback played well they played well you have Oregon who who, who usually does pretty good so you know if if the pack can you know, start getting in some 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 bowl games again that matter. You know, like the rose, the, like those top bowls, and start winning again. Then that could probably help. But you know, coaches matter as well. Mm-hmm. And 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 when I talk to young youngsters about it, a lot of the Southern California kids go to the SEC, Big Twelve, or go somewhere else because of coaching. How much these coaches are getting paid? They could, you know, they could go get a staff worth recruiting uh these kids out of southern california so i don't know what it is what the pac-12 is doing how these schools are you know getting the coaches but a lot of them are well who is this guy going to coaching my son i don't don't know who you are i'd rather go to some proven school or a coach that i know that that's going to get my son to to where we want to go and that's the league so you see that with Deion sanders he could go into any living room and speak about ball and you have to listen because he was good, Uh you know, and he's proven that he could go recruit and have success with what he's saying. So, you know, a lot of that stuff is going to, I think, start to, 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 to have to take effect on some other schools. You got to bring in some guys that know what they're talking about a little bit or who maybe the youth respected their game, Uh you know? So all of those things kind of, I I think with just looking on the surface, the pack will have to kind of get back to. We are talking to former Chargers, Cardinals, Ravens, and Panthers cornerback Antoine Kaysen. You you look at the playoffs and the way it's set up right now, and I'm sure you've been watching it. Uh, There's a lot of interesting games this week. Is there a game that sticks out to you the most? And what has, has the league looked like really over the last couple of weeks that has translated going into the playoffs? In your eyes, yeah, I mean it's it, they've added a game, so it, it gets really interesting, right? And it's like oh, close to breaking records. I'm like, guys, they, you know, they've added a game, and you know that helps. But and they've added an extra team to the playoffs, mm-hmm. which has made things a little bit, you know, I, 
it seems like it's more competitive because more teams could be in the hunt and you know and have and have a uh, and have a chance. I'm interested to see this San Francisco 49ers and Seattle Seahawks. Right, mm-hmm. that's the game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this is going to be an interesting one, right? Like, how are those two teams going to play each other again? This was this will be the third time, right? Mm-hmm. They're a division division team. Uh, you have Pete Carroll, who's been there forever. Um, he, he keeps things light and, 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 and good. And then they have a quarterback that, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't really believe in, right? Not pe- many people have believed in that quarterback. So it's interesting to see him in the playoffs. I really want to see how they play. Um, and then on the other hand, you have the 49ers who no one was given that quarterback too much credit either, but you know, that's the beauty of the league is, yeah. you know, you have a opportunity to step up and ball and now you have it in the playoffs. What are you going to do? So that's kind of the game there. And, and then of course, Tampa and Dallas. Oh, come I, on. I'm, I'm, come on. <laughs> are you going to sit here? And, uh, I know a lot of people don't think that the Cowboys have a chance because it's, <clears throat> it's I, Tom I'm Brady. I'm interested to see because there's so much talk around the Cowboys. Mm. Who are they? What are they going to do? Is Dak going to show up? Is he not? And then the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay has not played well all no. year. And that Tampa Bay staff was the coaching staff that I had when I played for the Cardinals. So that's another reason why I'm really interested in that. And I'm a big fan of Todd Bowles. And they've had a lot of things going on. So it's going to be interesting to see two teams that have had a lot of stuff going on all year to play in the playoffs, really. Mm-hmm. And one of the teams almost were under 500. Yeah. So that's just going to be an interesting, you know, game to Do you, watch. You, you know, they were trying to bring in an eighth, an eighth team from each conference to make the playoffs this year with the oh, whole see, Demar see. Hamlin thing. Do you, do you know they were trying to do that? The NFL was trying to bring in yeah. that. Uh, they're trying to bring in more revenue, uh, as as we know what Roger Goodell likes to do. But it, it's it didn't make any sense. Seven teams is enough. Really, it should have been six. It should have been enough. six, yeah. but. I, I mean, some of these teams we've seen over the years. I mean, I, if I'm not mistaken, Seattle made it under 500. They made it to the playoffs. Yeah, they were seven I mean, and nine. I'm sure. I'm sure your uh, your thir- 2013 Cardinals would have loved to get in at ten and six. You guys missed. Right? Were they were 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 they seven and nine or were they? They were nine seven and nine. Seven and nine. Seven and nine. They were. See, it, you know, and that's tough, right? I mean, an under 500 team making it to the playoffs is kind of tough. Like. Yeah. You know, Tell me I, about it. I'm a Jet fan. No, I know, and I, I feel bad for teams like your your Cardinals team. You guys were ten and six and just missed out on a tiebreaker. I'm a Giants fan. They had it twice in in three and, years. They were ten and, and six and just missed on a tiebreaker. Just, just yeah, annoying. right. And then when I was a rookie, uh, my my first year, we made it to the playoffs at eight and eight. We <laughs> yeah, won the, right. We we won the division, the AFC West, at eight and eight mm-hmm. all week. We 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 got talked about. It was really bad, right? So. Mm-hmm. We had a home game against the Indianapolis Colts, Peyton Manning, Indianapolis Colts. I remember that game, yeah. Game. They were a wild card that year because the Tennessee Titans were 13-3. and three. Right. So they didn't win the division. They had they were a wild card. And everyone said that the Chargers shouldn't have a home game and, <laughs> you know, gave us, a, gave us a hard time. And we went in there and won the game. So I've been, I've been on both ends of it where we've been 8-8, eight and eight, 500, got to the playoffs and actually won a game. Speedy, why don't, you, why don't you tell Antoine what you call the Sandy? Well, no longer the L.A. Chargers. Okay. All right. Well, I, I've always called them since 2009. Uh, again, you were part of that team, so it was a kind of kind of tough. But 
you got once you guys lost to the Jets. I uh, you're my Super Bowl pick that year. You, you're that team, and uh, I can't believe that. I, yeah, yeah, and all the way, right, all the weird way, all the weird ways that they they seem to lose. I started calling them the least clutch team in football. <laughs> well, you know what? Hey, I I can't even argue that because I was sitting there like, how the heck are we losing like this? Like mm. this is insane. Yeah, and we. Yeah. We've had a, we had a, also had a, the, the Chargers former punter Darren Bennett we had on the show too, and he was actually kind of laughing at that too. And he was mentioning a lot of like the Chargers special teams history since they got rid of Mike Cypress too, and it was just like, yeah, it's pretty true. <laughs> Antoine, before we let you go, I, I have a question. Could you tell us the funniest Philip Rivers story that you can tell us? Funniest story that you could tell us about Philip Rivers? The funniest. Philip Rivers story. Do you have a story that you could pick and nitpick? Because we've heard stories that he used to hide in the bushes and, you know, scare people in the morning when they're about to go to practice. I mean, he did some crazy stuff. We've had some, some of your former teammates on the show, and they told us some of the crazy things he used to do. Well, you know what? I'll keep it to this then because this was pretty funny for me. Um, in the locker room and between meetings and when we have time off, people will play cards or dominoes. So Philip is like, what are you guys playing? Uh, dominoes, brother. Like, what do you mean? You know, <laughs> he sits down to try and play. He has no clue. Obviously, he's going, you know, he's a, you know, he's a smart dude. He's going to figure it out pretty quickly. Right. Mm -hmm. But the way he was holding his dominoes and trying to put them down and, we're playing with him, and he drops them all on the table. <laughs> I mean, and we're just sitting there like, Philip, you got to get up, okay? Like, you, you got to go. You got to figure out how to play this game and then come back. <laughs> so that was – I mean, I, I think that might have been more of a moment thing, but that was the first Philip Rivers story that popped in my head that was pretty funny, him for the first time trying to play dominoes. I, you should have been counting dominoes the same way people count cards and claim they cheat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we've we've heard some crazy stories about Philip Rivers and uh, Mr. Window Thrower, who yes. I believe is a Hall of Famer and a fantastic performer on the field. Never got a chance to go and play in a Super Bowl. But the guy, you know, I remember when he played on one leg with torn ACL all the way in the playoffs. They did lose. I think you guys lost against the Ravens, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but they lost to the Patriots in the, the AFC Championship. It was Patriots. It was that was the, the year before you were drafted, Antoine. It was the yeah. Patriots. So it, I, I remember those. I remember those games, and that's what makes Philip Rivers so special. I, I think the guy was just a warrior. And, and there's, a lot of there's no there's no doubt ultimate competitor. I mean, no one could take that away from Philip. You know, Super Bowl or not, ultimate competitor. He made plays. Um, you know, it took we we won a lot. Um, Heck of, heck of a player. Can, cannot take anything away from him in that regard. I just want to mention this, too. This is another one of the random instances of the least question in football thing. It was the game that he botched the snap on the kneel down. and then Jeez, that's Kansas City. See, now I remember you know, that. You, I remember my, that. My, my PT, you, 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 you're reactivating my PTSD, man. Uh, Come on. <laughs> he brought it up initially. I wasn't going I to initially. To listen, I, I, I like to throw a couple of curveballs, but... Uh, Antoine, we really appreciate you joining us. We'll definitely get you on again. I would love to get more in depth about your career and some of the players and some of the teams that you played with. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it was it was good to get on here and talk to you guys. And I'll be uh, 
I'll be on the lookout for next time. Absolutely. Uh, we really appreciate the time. And stay safe over there in Arizona, man. It looks like it's nice and warm. So, oh, no. I'm in, I'm in Long Beach, baby. I'm, I'm in ah, Long Beach. Nice. Oh, that's even better. I mean, <laughs> it's, even better. it's been raining a little bit, but I can't complain. It doesn't rain that much. So yeah. we need a little. We need a little. Well, rain. we had rain all day. And by the way, my Islanders were up one nothing going into the third period. Now they're going to lose three to one. So thank you to the New York Islanders to make me even more sicker. Uh, but as the as the show moves on, my team stinks. Anyways, <laughs> good night, Antoine. We really appreciate you. All right. Thanks, fellas. Antoine Kaysen, fantastic guy, uh, former Charger, Cardinal, Raven, Panther, fantastic guy. Really, really nice guy. Yes. Really is. And he's got some stories. He was a first-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And a Jim Thorpe winner. Uh, Deion Sanders. I mean, if you go down the list of great corners that won that award, and, and, and Antoine could say that he was a part of that list of fantastic corners that have won that award. And two, Charles Woodson and, and, and Deion Sanders, yeah. two of the greatest corners, two, two of the greatest DBs that ever played the game. Mm-hmm. So it, it's fantastic. Nice kid. He really is. Really, Absolutely. really nice guy. And he's a kid to me because he's 36. I'm 40. Oh, so. yeah. But of course. He's that, a kid to Everybody me. younger than you is a kid. That's he's right. He's a kid. I mean, I'm 40 years old. You're a kid. You're 20, what, 27? Okay. Uh, anyways, when we come back, we will be talking to our friend. The last time we had him on the show, me and him went back and forth about Justin Herbert. I, I love to hear his thoughts about the Hall of Fame this year. Uh, he is one of the voters. And, uh, and and just his thoughts of what going into the playoffs with some of these teams. When we come back, we will be talking to football outsider editor-in-chief Aaron Schatz here on the Sports Lab Mounts. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mounts. 631-672-3108 is the number. You are listening to the Sports Loud Mounts. I'm your host, Daryl Marks. My co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can check out our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the country, our live shows. You can check out the Sports Loudmouths, which airs every single Wednesday live at 7 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 p.m. And we have our second guest. And the last time we had on a show, we went back and forth. I really like this guy. This guy knows his football. We are now talking to football outsider editor-in-chief, Aaron Schatz. Aaron, what's up, man? Hey. I'm doing good. Fewer domino stories for me, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Mr. Antoine had uh, interesting an interesting Philip Rivers dominoes, uh, you know, game. I never played dominoes either. I, I never understood the game uh, when everybody's when they're setting up. I go to my barber shop and I see them playing dominoes all the time. And and in the Dominican Republic, they love dominoes. I just don't understand the game. So I never play. I'll play Uno or something like that. That's more, crazy eights or something like that. That's more of my uh, my game to play. Or Monopoly. That's a good game. I'm pretty good. I cheated. Every time I play Monopoly, I found a way to cheat. So I always winded up with the most money and the most homes and the most, you know, the most uh, ownership on the game. But anyways, uh, let's get into some football. Um, the last time we had you on the show... You you love Justin Herbert. You really enjoy his game and everything about him. He, in the second half of the season, especially the last five games of the season, 
put his team on his shoulders and really took his team all the way into the playoffs. A team that had so many injuries defensively, even offensively early in the season, uh, finally got their wide receivers back. Uh, Eckler is one of the more underrated running backs in the NFL. What were your thoughts of the growth this year of Justin Herbert from last year? Yeah, it's complicated because I'm a stats guy and Justin Herbert's stats were not good this year. But you consider the whole situation that he was in with the injuries, the left tackle and the wide receivers missing time. And the thing is, when you watch him, he just makes throws that not a lot of other quarterbacks can make. He just has those abilities. So it didn't translate into as much production this year as you would like to see. But I'm still a big Herbert fan going forward. So uh, one of the debates that a lot of the analytics slash uh, other fans have been having is with the Minnesota Vikings. How good are they? Uh, and this includes my brother who thinks like they're just an average team. So where do you stand on that whole argument this year? The Minnesota Vikings are by far the worst team to ever have a record, anything like their record this year. Our, our numbers hate them with the furor of a thousand suns. <laughs> we actually had them. And this is incredible. 28th in our ratings this year, despite the fact that they are 13 and four. And so, I mean, I think our ratings are getting something a little wrong, but like a little wrong means they're really more like 23rd at 13 and four. Like either way, they're not, this is far below what normally is a 13 and four, 12 and four, you know, previously was 12 and four, now 13 and four team. Now that doesn't, you know, you can't take the past wins away from them. They won those games, uh, but it's about predicting the future. And the fact is that they are much weaker than most of the other teams in the playoff field, and they do not have a good chance of winning the Super Bowl. We are talking to football outsider editor-in-chief Aaron Schatz. You look at this playoff, you know, the way the playoffs set up the first week, and this is the best week. I, I always believe the first week of the NFL playoffs is not the, this year. Uh, obviously, with the, the lack of days of gold teams that we have. Too many third-string quarterbacks. Yes. So what's, what game really stands out this weekend that you're going to be watching and that you're really excited about? Oh, I'm really excited for Chargers-Jaguars. I'm really excited for the battle of the two stud, young stud quarterbacks. That's probably the closest game of the weekend, and there should be a lot of offense in that game. Uh, that and the the Giants-Vikings, which is sort of battle of the network frauds, <laughs> right? Both the Giants and the Vikings outperformed this year what you would expect from their play-by-play data. Uh, and so the, like the Vikings are not playing a team that was like dominant this year. They're playing another team that's similar to them. So that's a close game too. Yeah. I'm a Giants fan. My expectations are low for this year anyway. So I'm not even mad that they're like un- overperforming their expectations because. Oh, you know, it's just a great coaching job. By yeah, Brian that's exactly what that, it is. that offense, that offense is 10th in our ratings. 10th. 10th with like no receivers. Isaiah Hodgins is one of their main receivers. I mean, you got to be joking with me. It's probably the worst receiving core since the Rams went before McVay got there. <laughs> and the true, and I believe Dable is the true quarterback whisperer. Everybody talks about this guy's a quarterback whisperer. That's a guy, that guy's a quarterback whisperer. You see what he did with Josh Allen. Now that you see what he do- did with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is only one of three quarterbacks that had over 33,000 yards thrown and 600 yards run. 
There, there's only two other quarterbacks that did that this year. Speedy, who were the other two? It was Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. There you go. So, And two guys that were up for MVP. Now, I'm not saying Daniel Jones is an MVP, but everybody was running Daniel Jones out of New York last year. Dable comes in, and he helps this kid grow without any wide receivers. And now you're going into the offseason. You're going to have to sign him. You're going to have to find him wide receivers that he could throw to. So uh, it, it's miraculous what Daniel Jones did this season with no wide receivers and what Dable did. So it's fantastic. Yes, I agree. The Giants are a great story. And so it's funny that the Vikings and the Giants got each other because mm. the Vikings could not have asked for a better opponent than the Giants and the Giants could not have asked for a better opponent than the Vikings. I really like Giants plus three in this game wow. because of the fact because of the fact that the Vikings don't win games by more than three. <laughs> so. What's the worst that happens? You push. <laughs> there you go. So what about a, a dark horse t- team, uh, maybe a lower seed that the metrics do favor a lot? For, to maybe There really sleeper. isn't one this There's year. There's not one this year? All right. The fact is the top six teams in the league set themselves away from the rest of the league to such an extent that it's really hard to say there's any dark horse. It, the str- it's a very strong possibility that one of those big big six teams is going to win the Super Bowl, being Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Dallas. Mm. It's so interesting because everybody mocks the Dallas Cowboys, uh, especially what Dak Prescott did in the playoffs last year, sliding with the last, what, eight seconds left of the game. It was 14 seconds, had to run down to 13. (laughs) Yes, it, it was horrible what he did, and... Uh, people were picking on him in the uh, at the press conference, and, and and Mark McCarthy took responsibility, and he said, "I can't wait until next year." He has his chance to redeem himself. He's got to go to Tampa Bay and knock off arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. It might be the last time you see Tom Brady in the playoffs. It, it really might be. So here's the, the thing, though: Tampa Bay. Um, both of these teams have been in decline in recent weeks, but Tampa Bay has really been in decline. Uh, the, the Dallas defense was very good over the course of the whole year. But since week 10, their pass defense has only ranked 18th in the league in our ratings. But since week 10, the Tampa Bay pass defense has only ranked 28th <laughs> in the league. So as much as the Dallas pass defense has been declining, Tampa's pass defense has been declining even more. And Prescott is going to take advantage of it. Mm. So you were a guy that wasn't very I, I think the last time we had you on the show you weren't very high on the Bengals and what do you have they improved enough this year after the oh, Super Bowl yeah. Oh yeah I think what we thought about the Bengals going into this year was that they were going to be better than last year but they weren't going to have as much luck so they'd probably look about the same but they improved even more than I think anybody expected and so they are absolutely one of the top they're one of the big 6 teams with the serious Super Bowl Uh, chances to win the Super Bowl. That being said, as the third seed, you know, they have to go to Buffalo and then to Kansas City and then win the Super Bowl. That would be difficult. As everybody knows, we are talking to football outsider editor-in-chief Aaron Schatz. Now, uh, the Hall of Fame is around the corner. Darrell Revis is up this year. Freeney's up. Hester is up. There's quite a few great players that we remember in, in in the past that were dominant forces for their teams and throughout the league. Who do you think gets in this year? 
I should mention, you mentioned something about me being a Hall of Fame voter earlier. Yes. I'm actually not a Hall of Fame voter. I'm sorry. I, I'll I'm actually, I'm an all-pro and MVP voter. There you the go. Hall of Fame is go. a different group of guys. That's so right. Yes. The MVP voters are mostly national reporters like me. Mm. The Hall of Fame committee is mostly local reporters. Mm. So it's a different group of people. But uh, everybody believes that Joe Thomas and Darrell Revis will get in on the first ballot. Um, there is a ton of momentum for Devin Hester. Wow. Now, I'm not a believer in Devin Hester as a Hall of Famer, but there is a lot of momentum because the fame part of the Hall of Fame, right? The, the amount of former players and coaches who will talk about how afraid they were of Devin Hester returning the ball against them really impacts the voters and how they choose to vote. And then there's going to be a lot of like, we need the next guy. Like, you know, they're going to take one of the edge rushers or one of the wide receivers or one of the linebackers, but like guys have to wait in line behind each other. Like they'll probably, they would take Zach Thomas before Patrick Willis. They would take Holter Wayne before Andre Johnson. Um, Dwight Freeney's going to have to wait for DeMarcus Ware. It, you know, there's a lot of like a waiting game when it comes to the pro football hall of fame. Yeah, I think Jared Allen is in the mix, too, with pass rushers yep. as well. Yes, so, definitely. Yeah, I, I would imagine all three of them would not get in at this time. So let's go to the All-Pro and the MVP. So, I mean, obviously, I know there's legal limitations to what you can say with this. Um, so you don't the, only say as much as you need to be able or you're able to. But uh, your votes your votes on those that maybe we didn't expect, guys that you didn't expect to be All-Pro uh, or MVP. And before, you, and before you answer this question, what is it that – Jalen Hurts gets hurt the last three games, and only he, he and he all of a sudden comes off as as not even an MVP candidate. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's this guy. It's that guy. I mean, this guy was the best quarterback all season long. Jalen Hurts was. He was on the best team in the NFL, and then all of a sudden he gets hurt, and he's out of the talks as an MVP. First candidate. of all, Jalen Hurts was not the best quarterback the whole year. In Patrick Mahomes was the best quarterback the whole year by any metric you can possibly use. Is it because of the yards that he throwed and thrown? At it's because the of the everything. It doesn't matter what metric you use. You want to use yards. You want to use touchdowns. You want to use DVOA from our site. You want to use expected points added from other sites. You want to use PFF grades. You want to use no matter what you want to use. Patrick Mahomes was the best quarterback in the league this year, period. Jalen Hurts had a really good season. His team had more wins. But that's because Jalen Hurts played with a better running game and a better defense, much better defense than what Patrick Mahomes played with. Well, hold on one second. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs were ranked what in defense this year? Total defense, they're in the middle. In our ratings, 24th. 24th. So they weren't rated in any kind of way. Weren't they run defense? They were run defense. They're really good this year. I think they're seventh. So, but that's okay. But if you're using the official NFL rankings for run defense, Mm -hmm. they're moronic because it's based on total yards. Do you know what you don't do when Kansas City is beating you by 21 points? You don't run the ball. Okay. So that's not their run defense you're measuring. That's their offense that you're measuring. Hmm. That's an interesting way to put it. Uh, so it is. I want to go back to the all pro votes. So again, some of the some of the with within restrictions that you can do. Some of the players that you wouldn't have expected to be voting for in those spots this year. It's hard because I'm not supposed to say who I voted for. No, I, again, within the restrictions you can. Yeah, yeah. Within the restrictions the you team, can. I'll, I'll come out with a whole article about who I voted for and okay. why. And 
Um, I can tell you uh, there were the hard, hard, hard decisions. The second team wide receivers. This was the first year that we ever actually voted for the second team. Like you actually voted for twice as many guys. Mm. And then they're actually going to announce a second team. There were a lot of receivers who I would have considered for those spots. Um, T Higgins and Devontae Adams and Jalen Waddell and, I mean, Hill and Diggs and and, uh, and Justin Jefferson, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, A.J. Brown. There's just a lot of really good receivers this year. It was really hard to make a decision. Mm. Um, the other uh, vote that was the hardest to make was Coach of the Year because so many coaches did a really good job this year. Dable and O'Connell in Minnesota and Sirianni and Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid and Mike Tomlin, and Pete Carroll, and Doug Peterson. Like, you can only vote for three of those guys. And that's different, right? We used to only vote for one guy for an award. Now you rank one through three Mm -hmm. so that if a guy gets more second-place votes, he could win the award. Mm -hmm. So uh, I I got to vote for three guys. But out of that whole group, you still have to, like, they're really good coaches who did a really good job this year that you couldn't vote for. So that was very difficult. We are talking to football outsider editor-in-chief Aaron Schatz. Uh, you look at the league and, and some of the young quarterbacks. You were mentioning Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert we spoke about. Uh, there are quite a few quarterbacks uh, coming out of this year's draft. Is there any quarterback that really sticks out to you going into this year's draft, C.J. Stroud, obviously Bryce Young, that you think could could be the next upcoming star in the well, NFL? Well, I'll tell you that I'm not a draft expert by mm-hmm. any means. Mm-hmm. I'm not a scout and uh, – I pay much more attention to guys once we know which team they're going to be on. Right. That being said, our early sort of statistical projections are not that high on this year's class. Interesting. In part because you have to consider with Stroud and Young how much talent they got to play with. Right? Like you got to discount a little bit how good they were in college because look at the receivers and offensive linemen they got to play with and how highly drafted those guys are going to be. It's interesting. That is interesting. So I want to go back. I want to go back to the MVP just as a general, not this year specifically with the voting, but everyone's saying it's now going to be like a guaranteed quarterback award. So what would it take for it not to be? Could you see what would it take for a receiver? Like maybe the year, would it take a year that cup had last year or running back like the year Adrian Peterson had? It would take changing the name of the award. Okay. (laughs) Because if the award is called most valuable player, the most valuable players in football are always going to be quarterbacks. Always, always, no matter how good a season a player has in another position, he will never achieve the amount of value as the best quarterback. If they changed the name of the award to something else, or they specifically told us, we want you to vote for the most valuable player compared to his position, not most valuable overall, then we can start talking about other guys at other positions winning the award. Now, Aaron, who was the most impressive rookie this year that you watched throughout the regular season? Sauce Gardner. Wow. There you go. There you go. The answer that Errol's been waiting here. No, I didn't say, what are you talking about? The answer that Yeah, I Sauce like. Gardner was fantastic. He changed the way you had to scheme against the Jets, like to avoid him. 
he was he was great. The, the lots of good receivers, lots of good young receivers. Olave, uh, Pickens, Garrett Wilson, Dotson, London, um, Watson, the kid from Green Bay, uh, and Tariq Woolen was really good for Seattle. But Sauce Gardner was the best rookie in the year, uh, best rookie in the, in the league. So among those among teams that are favorites this year, is there anyone that stands out to you that you'd be worried about matching up your top six, let's say? Is there one like bad matchup that you could see for one of those top six teams against another? Huh. That's an interesting question. Um I'd be I I'd want to go back and watch the San Francisco Kansas City game. If they end up in the Super Bowl again, I mean Kansas City clobbered San Francisco halfway through the year. Just absolutely clobbered. The worst game San Francisco played all year. And I'd be curious about why and what San Francisco can do to stop that from happening. But if it does happen, that will will not happen until the Super Bowl. Who was your favorite uh, before the season started to go to the Super Bowl? My Super Bowl pick before the season was Philadelphia and Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Mine was uh, San Francisco and Buffalo. So... Yeah, so mine. you're still in it, and I'm still in it. Yeah, there you go. Don't worry, mine's long for long gone. Don't worry about that. Because <laughs> wow. you always, you always look outside of the box. You're Everything like the you Rams do. are going to win it again. <laughs> no, no, no. They were my pick, but I had them losing against the Ravens. That was my pick at the start. Oh yeah, well, yeah. But I the Ravens, know. you know, it's interesting in our ratings. The Ravens do as well as the Big Six teams, except they don't. They don't have Lamar Jackson anymore, right. so they're not. You know, I, I just not really that. I just also don't trust their defense to hold the lead in the fourth quarter the way they I mean, I think they're fourth quarter blown fourth quarter leads are not predictive. So I wouldn't worry. Their overall defense is pretty good. I would much more worry about their quarterbacks. Well, yeah, of course. But. I think Lamar Jackson's doing the right thing not playing in this game. He's not 100% healthy. He wants to make a lot of money in the offseason. He doesn't want to put himself at risk. If he lose if he hurts himself in this game, he could lose everything. Yep. I think Absolutely. he's. I think he's smart. I. I. I wouldn't play in this game if, if Baltimore don't want to give me that contract that I want. Screw there that. Also, the sense from what he posted today that he's just not a hundred percent. So he just doesn't think he can go out there. It's not a, that he would re hurt himself. It's that he doesn't think he can go out there and do a good job. <laughs> he's definitely better than any of the quarterbacks, even second and third tier quarterbacks. If he can't run play. like Lamar Jackson, then he's not Lamar Jackson anymore. I hmm. guess. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. So we heard a rumor, uh, or actually not a rumor, it was an official thing today that about the uh, the Chiefs-Bills game. If it was going to be a neutral site AFC championship game, it would play in Atlanta. Do you think there's a particular advantage either way with that, or is it still just canceling out? Nope. No, no, no. It, it, you know, the, the, the stadium will be filled with whatever, part Bills fans, part Chiefs fans, and part Atlanta locals. And it's an indoor stadium that's equidistant from both cities. There's no, There's no advantage at all. As everybody knows, we are talking to football outsider editor-in-chief Aaron Schatz. Aaron, one more question for me. Uh, you've watched a lot of football this year, and you're an analytic guy. Was there something analytically that stood out to you from every analytic that you were picking from when it comes to quarterbacks, defenses, defensive players? Was there a specific analytic that really stood out to you throughout the whole season? I mean, what stands out this season are two things. First, that there was just so much mediocrity in the league, right? Like, there aren't a lot of really good teams this year, and there aren't a lot of really bad teams. It was a lot of mediocre teams this year. 
The other is offensive levels were down a little bit from last year, which in turn was down a little bit from 2020. And offensive levels in the league have been going up year after year after year after year for a long time. And we may have finally reached peak offense where the offenses just can't, aren't going to get any better than they already are. Hmm. Wow. That's interesting. interesting. It is. All right. My last question, any any player at either quarterback or wide receiver that maybe people wouldn't expect to be as good as they actually are with the metrics that your metrics said, all right, watch out for this guy as a dark horse, like a star type player. Um, on a per play basis, per play, the number one receiver this year was Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm. Really? Very interesting. Yeah. And you know who else was really, really good this year? T Higgins. Yeah. I, I, and I think I, I think the Bengals have to decide what they're going to do because they can't they can't pay, pay both these wide receivers. They're going to want eventually. Them. Eventually, it would be very difficult yeah. to pay both Higgins yeah. and Chase. So yeah. they they definitely and have as to good decide. as Higgins is, I think you pay Chase. That's what I think yeah. so too. So I think in the off season this year, if you can the way he's had and the season that he's had. You could get a lot for, back from T. Higgins. You could really get a lot back for him. Maybe you move him in the offseason and get as no, much as you I can. I think you keep him and you try to win. If you don't win the Super Bowl this year, you try to win it next year, and then eventually he's going to go and you'll get a third round. You'll get a third round compensatory pick for him. Hmm. Interesting. Anyways, uh, thank you, Aaron, for joining us as always. Uh, we love you, and we'll get you on a lot sooner than later. All right, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We were just talking to Football Outsider Editor in Chief. Aaron Schatz, uh, I listen. Analytics is what changes the game in, in every single sport: baseball, football, basketball, hockey. And by the way, the Islanders absolutely choked in the third period. I mean, it's not even funny. You the put analytics of choking. I, I mean, it's not even funny anymore. It, the the Islanders need to do something. This is you, you can't go in to the third period up one nothing and then give up three goals in the third period. It didn't go to overtime. You lost in the third period. You can't put, and this has been a problem for the Islanders. They can't put the puck in the nets. Mm -hmm. They can't put the puck in the net. It's embarrassing, and they keep dropping. I mean, the Rangers won again. The Rangers went from, you know, they were behind the Islanders about a week and a half ago. Now they're at 55 points. The Islanders are sitting at 47. The Rangers are seven points or eight points ahead of the Islanders. Mm. And, and you fall that deep, it's going to be harder to chase and try to catch these teams. Yeah, and the Islanders had a good reputation for a while as a good three-period team. Not so much lately. I mean, they're still only one point out of a playoff spot, but... I, I mean, you don't want Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is going to get hot eventually, and they're a veteran team that knows how to win. I, I mean, if you have a lead, one nothing, okay, going into the third period with 15 minutes left, and then you give up three goals, two consecutive goals in less than five or six minutes, and, and then lose the game like that, that's embarrassing. And you depend too much on Sorokin. It's too much on Sorokin. Sorokin, how many shots on goal tonight? How many shots did he have on goal? I don't know what the num- the numbers and statistics. I could bring them up right now. You-, you can't depend on this guy to stand on his head all game long to try to win. He, he was actually a third star in this game. I think he had 36 shots on, on net. And he gave, up- he gave up two goals. Every single game, he's getting 40, almost 40 shots. 
How do you expect to win those games? You have an all-world goalie, and you have nothing to help out offensively. I understand Barzell, uh, he's back and forth out of the lineup. He's not 100%. 33 33 saves on 36 shots. I I mean, it's embarrassing. It really is. You have an all-world goalie, and you can't win. You're on a three-game skid. Now, the Wilds are a good team. I, I, and it's, uh, they're a good team. And, and they're the, a good offensive team. And the yeah. Islanders right now, they're, they they just have a very hard schedule. Now they have the Canadians. They should beat the Canadians. Yeah, that's they the look, one you got to dominate. They, they have to beat the Canadians. They have to start beating the teams they should beat. Because it's embarrassing. Right. This has been, and I, I, I understand what led, what is his Ledke, whatever his name is, the new one of the owners, Ledecky, uh, Ledecky yeah. coming. Yeah, it's Katie Ledecky's, I think, uncle or something. Whatever. Ledecky comes out and says that in in Lou we trust. Lou needs to figure this out. He needs to get. He needs to start making trades because they need to get some offense on this roster. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of wingers that are always going to be available. They're, they're I heard easiest thing to trade for. I heard they're interested in the the winger. Uh, Playing for San, San Jose. Oh, Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer. Yeah, that's He's, what I was saying they should do like three months ago. <laughs> that's what I heard, that, yeah. they, that they had a bunch of scouts at the Islander-San Jose game. Uh, uh, what was it, a couple of days, a couple, a couple of weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, it was like two weeks ago when they were on the A couple West Coast of weeks trip, ago, yeah. so the Islanders are over, over there. And, and the Islanders sent down Roddy uh, to uh, uh, to Bridgeport. I, I wouldn't trade, trade Roddy. I think he's going to be a great player, but... To get Timo Meyer, who's one of the better players in the league, maybe you make that trade. They need consistency. They don't have any consistency. And they haven't found anybody to play with Barzell. It's it's really embarrassing, honestly. Right. This is this has been an embarrassment. A team that was very, very hot in the beginning of the season, the first fifteen games, was one of the better teams in the NHL, and then completely fallen off. And it's not Sorokin's fault. So for everybody to look, he's got one of the best save percentages in the NHL. He's got one of the best goals against in the NHL. He just has like like twelve losses because the team can't score. Mm-hmm. They can't put the it's like Jacob DeGrom. Okay? Yep. It's like Jacob DeGrom. Uh-huh. Jacob DeGrom could pitch a gem, and the and, and the Mets still lose by one. And this is the Mets' good offense. Like, the Mets' offense is supposed to be He'd good. Give up they could one, score a run for every other pitcher. He'd give up one run, and the Mets would still lose. And he'd have, yep. like, nine or ten strikeouts. Yep. Same thing with the Sorokin. Sorokin could have 36 saves and practically shut down an offense, but still lose. Because they can't put the puck in the net. Yep. And it, it's a huge problem. It is a huge problem for the Islanders, and they need to figure this out. It, it maybe changing the lines, maybe doing something because Lou cannot go into the All Star break and say, "Well, we still believe this team could win." Don't give me that crap, Lou. <laughs> Don't give me that crap. You need to find honestly. You need to make two trades. You need to bring in two offensive players. Not, I would bring one elite offensive player in and one good offensive player in and mix them up. Trade away some of those pieces, and then maybe in the off season, if you have some money left over, you bring in another offensive talent, and then you really re- rebuild this offense because it's not the defense, it's not the goaltending, it's just the goal scoring. Anders Lee is making $8 million a year. I understand he's a captain. He doesn't do anything. He's slow as hell. You need to find guys that are good with putting the puck in the net, and they don't have any of them. They have Barzell, who's a, he's an elite player, but can't put the puck in the net. He's not a, he's not a goal scorer. He's a, he's, he's a Wayne Gretzky-esque type of player. He likes to pass the puck. Wayne scored, but I'm, I'm talking about he was an elite passer. That's what I think Barzell is. He's an elite passer. He's not a goal scorer. 
They need to find a guy that could put the puck in the net, mm-hmm. that could play with him, where he can just give him the puck every single time. He could put the puck behind the net, you know, in the back of the net. Yeah, and the Islanders structurally, I think, are very similar to what we were saying about the Yankees for a lot of the time. Like, sometimes in the playoffs. Now, granted, the Islanders are doing well in the playoffs, but it, they still need some kind of speed and still kind of pace to their game. Like we were saying, the Yankees have the talent, but they they strike out a lot. They try to go all or nothing with their power. And the Islanders are the same kind of thing. They trust too much in their defense. They're they built for the playoffs. I, I, I know that. They are. I, if they get into the playoffs, you don't need to score a lot of goals. You really don't. If you have the defense, you have the goaltending, you're built for the playoffs. I think if the Islanders sneak into the playoffs, nobody's going to want to play them. But I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. There are too many teams. If you go up and down the teams that are right now fighting for that last playoff spot right now. You have Pittsburgh, who has the last playoff spot at eight. Okay? You have, let's go into Metropolitan Division. You have the Devils at two, who has 55 points. You have the Rangers. You have Carolina, who's at has the one seed right now uh, with 59. You have Washington, 52. And then you have, I'm trying to, get, it keeps popping up and popping down. I don't know why this keeps doing this, but... Um, why is it doing this? I'm yeah, kidding. it's in Tampa's 53. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh's in the last spot, 48. Yeah. And who? And then the Islanders are about behind them by one game. Yeah, they have a they, they have a four-point lead on the next highest team after that, which is Detroit at the moment. So they're the first team Not out. Not for long. The, they're the first team out of, like, all those teams that are a little bit below them still. But, again, that's still a lot of time to make up at this point in the season. Yes, it's there is time to make up. They they don't have any offensive ability. And and, and I'm telling you right now, Pittsburgh's going to get hot. This is a this is a veteran team. They're not going to sit at 48 points. They're, they're 21 and 13. The Islanders have played three more games than Pittsburgh. Three more games than oh, Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, that's not ideal. I, I mean, there's Pittsburgh's definitely going to win at least two out of those three games. If you're sitting here right now, if you're the if you're an Islander fan, you're not happy. I mean, Columbus has played two less games than the Islanders. Philadelphia has played one less game than the Islanders. I mean, and and then you have Buffalo. That's you know, obviously, it's taken a couple of steps back. They weren't they they were playing. They were pretty hot. Yeah, they had their usual first good month and a half, and then they fall off. Detroit. Again. I mean, the 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 two teams that I think the Islanders need to worry about right now is Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Philadelphia, I think, is going to get hot. They're a team of streaks. They're already they already are getting hot. They're they're, they're going to get hot. And <laughs> they had a twelve game winning streak, ten game losing streak, and now I think they've won like nine of their last. And the Islanders now. don't want to not make the playoffs and 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 fall out because they're ninth seed. And then where are they drafting? Fifteen, sixteen. That doesn't really help them. So. This is this is a draft, and I heard what Mikey C said to me the, uh, the other day. He said the Islanders should try to lose. This is not a season for them. Lose out this season. There's a lot of good players. There's there's a lot of elite centers in the draft this year, and maybe they get a pretty good player in a top ten and maybe fall into the top ten. I I disagree. I, I think the Islanders are they're a playoff team. They are. They're a playoff team, but. Playing the way they are, it is embarrassing. It really is. You're an elite defense. You are. You're an elite defense. But even that, in the last two games, the Islanders have more. They've given up more goals than the Rangers have. The Rangers have 100. They've given up 117 goals. The Islanders have 119. The Islanders are way better defense than the Rangers. And they've given up 35 shots on goal in each of their last three games either. I, I know. It's embarrassing. Again, it it makes sense if they're, like, forcing bad shots, but it doesn't seem like that's happening either. I know Sorokin's allowed a couple, quote-unquote, soft goals, but still, 
a lot of elite goalies go through that. Henrik Lundqvist did it all the time. A lot of the goals he gave up were soft goals. Carey Price, same kind Keith of thing. Keith says the Islanders ads. What, what's that mean? ADS. I don't know what that means. but Yeah, Keith, you got to explain that a little I, more. I, I don't know what that means, but... I right now the Islanders are just not playing well. They can't score the goals, and it, it, they need to figure out what they're doing um, at the trade deadline. They need to decide. And there's a lot of players nobody wants. Nobody wants Bailey. Okay, right. nobody wants him. No, no mistake. I, what what does ADS mean? I, yeah. You say no mistake. Yeah, but, yeah. What 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 is your meaning of ADS? Is it ads meaning the ad the, the ads they made in the off season? Is it the ads meaning the contracts, players they should add? We're trying to figure out what you mean, Keith, with that. I think the Islanders need to add offensive ability. They need offensive players. Yeah, they they do. They they need to go at the trade deadline and do whatever they can to make the move. I don't want to hear about this one and that one. Uh, I have carpal tunnel, and I, I okay. So what it what does ads mean? I don't know what. Tell us what you mean, Keith, so we can understand it. I understand you have carpal tunnel, but we need the information of what you're saying. But anyways. Um, Lamar Jackson out uh, and ruled out for the Bengals game. I think it's so very important for Lamar Jackson and his – well, he doesn't have an agent. He is the agent. Yep. Uh, going into this offseason, not to put himself at risk. And I'll, you, you listen to Aaron Schatz and what he said. He needs to protect himself. And the Baltimore Ravens aren't going to protect him. If he goes and he plays in this game this week and he hurts his leg or his elbow or or hurts his shoulder and he needs surgery, there goes his contract. There goes the money that he can can make in the offseason. I believe that Lamar Jackson could play in this game on Sunday. I do. He's been out for, what, three, four weeks? More than that. Whatever. It, It doesn't matter. I don't care how long he's been out. The fact is, is that he's been out long enough where he can play in one football game and try to help his team win. Obviously, he doesn't want to put himself at risk. And I, I think that's a smart move by Lamar Jackson because, again, it's protecting his asset, and that's himself. This is a guy that's trying to get a lot of money in the offseason. If it's not from the Baltimore Ravens, it will be from somebody else. So uh, he says, I can't type well and I can't. Type, well, okay, I was going to say that the Islanders aren't a good team right now. No, they're not a good team right now. The Islanders aren't because they can't score goals. They got a good goaltender. Their defense is pretty good, but they don't have any goal scoring. And that's why the Islanders, if they don't find a goal scorer or two goal scorers at the trade deadline, the Islanders don't stand a chance. Now, the Islanders are one point out of a playoff spot, so all they got to do is get in. That's all they have to do. Yeah, I mean – Boston don't want to play them in the first round. Are you kidding me? There's no way Boston's going to want to play the Islanders in the first round. Okay, so I, they got to sneak in. But also, I worry because Pittsburgh, they haven't even taken off. This is a team that can go on a seven, eight-game winning streak. We've seen Sidney Crosby and Malkin. This is a, a veteran team that makes the playoffs almost every single year. Yeah, they haven't missed since 2007, I think it was. It was the last time. They've Even when they've gotten in, they've still gotten in like barely as eight seeds a lot of the time, too, and they've still been pesky. Mm-hmm. Washington might be the team that's better off catching because the Islanders have one game at hand on Washington, and they're usually more collapse-prone in the second half. Yeah, and I don't like Washington. I don't, I don't think I didn't have them in the playoffs. I don't think the they're year. a good team, but they do have Ovechkin, and they have goal scoring. They have they have at least three big-time goal scorers on their team. The Islanders don't have one. So, I mean, the Islanders are going to have to figure that out at the trade deadline. They need to get an elite goal scorer. 
Timo Meyer, if you need to, if that's what you need to do, if you have to trade prospects, bring him in. Timo Meyer's 26 years old. He's a young player. San Jose might be willing to trade away one of their better players, make the move, and, and bring in a good player. But uh, as far as Lamar Jackson's concerned, Lamar is a, he's he's being smart here. He's protecting himself. He doesn't care about. And and you have to look out for yourself. I know you have to be a team player when it comes to be, playing football, but when you know your asset is your legs and you hurt your legs a couple of weeks ago and you've been out really half the season because of it, you don't want to put yourself at risk. You want to make sure that you make the most money in the offseason, and if they're not going to give it to you, then you get traded. And I, I think Lamar Jackson's doing the right thing. He's protecting himself. Yeah, especially since he is his own agent too. So he's going to have to – Already, he's already be at kind of a disadvantage as it is when it when it comes to the negotiating circumstances. I mean, unless he has a guy or he has a he has a maybe a mentor to help him with that. But still, yeah, this is a, a move that even if they did play, it would have been hard for them to win anyway. But like Aaron Schatz was saying, like if he can't run well, which again, if you're hurt, it's going to be a lot harder for you to do. It might be hard for win the playoff game anyway. The Bengals are a very good team. It might be hard for them to win the game even if he was healthy. So I think what he's doing is he's trying to bank on that money. And again. If he can get the guaranteed money and the Ravens can trust him to give him more of that guaranteed money that he wanted, that'll be a bigger thing. If you get hurt, if you get a bigger injury, you're not getting that guaranteed money. Derek Carr says his goodbyes to Raider Nation. Do you want me to read it? Uh, I'll read it. Raider Nation, it breaks my heart. I didn't get the opportunity to say goodbye in person. We certainly have been a roller. It's been a roller coaster in nine years together. From the bottom of my heart, I am so grateful and appreciated of the years uh, of support uh, you gave me and my family. We had our share of both heartbreaking moments and thrilling game-winning drives, and it always felt like you were there next to me. It's especially hard to say goodbye because I can honestly say that I gave you everything I had every single day in season and off season. It certainly wasn't perfect, but I hope that I was able to leave you with more than a few great memories as a Raiders fan. Thank you to the city of Oakland for taking us in. Thank you for the city of Las Vegas for allowing us to proudly call you home. Thank you to the organization, my teammates, all my coaches, staff, and everyone that helped me these last nine years in those two buildings. Thanks to all Raider Nation that supported, encouraged, pushed, and uplifted me at different times along this journey. Raider Nation truly is special. I once said that if I'm not a Raider, I would rather be at home, and I meant that. But I never envisioned it ending this way. That fire burning inside of me in winning a championship still rages. A fire no man can extinguish, only God. So I look forward to a new city, a new team, who no matter the circumstances will get everything I have. Winning a championship is what I've always wanted and what I will continue to work towards. God bless you all with love. DC four. So there you go. Derek Carr saying his goodbyes to Raider nation. So it's, uh, what is he saying? Talk, talking is two way streets. Okay. <laughs> Kenny, could you relax? I, I'm a busy guy. All right. Kenny, I don't sit home all day long and, and smoke wax. And sm- well, he's not smoking. Anymore. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. He's not even drinking anymore. He's, he's cleaning up. 
Kenny is just running after geese. Oh, sober. He, he, he's getting his he's, he's getting his That's fitness his fix. levels up. That's to, his fix. So he's ready to chase more geese. That's his fix, ladies and gentlemen. It's geese. What is it, Derek Carr to cash flush Patriots? I, I don't know what that means. I, I don't think Derek Carr is going to the Patriots. I, I don't. And why would the, the, Patri- only, the only way that would have happened if, is if Josh McDaniels got fired and then he went back to the Patriots? He's not. Derek Carr is not going to the Patriots. Uh, I, I think there are two teams that I think Derek Carr is going to go to. You know, the Jets being one of them. You know the other team? Ooh, that's a good question. God, what do you got? Miami. Miami. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to the AFC East. I absolutely believe that. I think he's staying in the AFC. Um, and I think it's either <coughs> Miami or the Jets. That's what I think is going to happen. And I think the Jets have the best chance to get him. Oh, yeah. Um, but Because I think Miami is going to go heavily after Tom Brady. Mm. So if, 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 if Tom Brady don't go there, he'll go to uh, Las Vegas and try to win a championship uh, with Josh McDaniels with the Raiders. But um, a great effort to try to make Do- Josh McDaniels look like a good coach. I think Aaron Rodgers, I, I, I don't know what San Francisco is going to do to trade for him, but maybe they trade Jimmy Garoppolo and a bunch of, you know, future picks. I don't know. Well, Garoppolo is a free agent, so they'd have to they franchise could him again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which they, they could do. Yeah. They could do a some, or they could do a smaller contract to try to do a signing. Which trade. they could do. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I think they're going to have to give up a little bit more than that. But yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers going to San Francisco, and they're going to have to figure out how they can maneuver or you know contracts. But um, if Purdy has a you know he makes a run and he wins a Super Bowl, that's who's there. That's going to be their quarterback of the future. Unfortunately, it, it just doesn't work out for Trey Lance, who you know he breaks his ankle. He had his chance to start, and then this guy Purdy, who was a six round draft pick. Comes in and doesn't lose. Yeah. He doesn't lose. And he's an accurate quarterback. Um, and maybe Kyle Shannon found a needle in a haystack. We yeah. had a six-round draft pick. Tom Brady, I think, was a, was a six-round draft pick. Six-round draft pick, number 199. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe Purdy is one of those guys that just surprised everybody and becomes an elite quarterback in the league because, you know, they found him. Uh, Keith says there's no way he's going to Miami. He thinks the Jets make a lot of sense, though. Yeah, the Jets are going to make more sense. You know why I think he could go to Miami? And, and there's, there, I think Miami already believes that Tua, if he has another concussion, he's done. Hmm. And, and being that Tua is going to miss the playoffs, where he, he worked really, really hard coming back and, and all those concussions. He had three concussions this year. Right. I mean, you need to find a good backup quarterback or a starting quarterback and just decide what you're doing with Tua. Tua might have to retire at the end of the season. He might. Yeah, that's a scary thought, but it's definitely possible. I mean, yes, the Jets make sense, but so does Miami. What is Miami? Are they going to bring back Ryan Tannehill? Oh, God. I mean, seriously, they have nobody. The only quarterback to strive under Adam Gase for one year. and that was. I'm just saying, if you look at the big picture and a position that both those teams are at, both of those are playoff-bound teams. Yeah. Miami's talent all around is pretty good, and they improve a lot on defense as well. Now, their they're secondary, their offensive line probably could still use a little more, but they're a pretty complete team besides that. So if they need, if they do realize that maybe Tua, there might be a disconnect with the organization, they have to try to adjust to that accordingly because we've seen this ownership for the Dolphins really have their egos take over, and it leads to a lot of players either not staying there or they overpay other players. And, again, it could lead Let's to Let's go through the teams. The Dolphins could be looking for a quarterback in the offseason. The Jets. 
The Patriots are not. They're going to ride with Mac, Mac Jones because Bill Belichick doesn't believe any of his quarterbacks are going to fail. The Bengals have their quarterback. The Ravens, maybe Lamar Jackson. Right. I think Lamar will sign with them. The Steelers have their quarterback. The Browns have their quarterback. The Jaguars have their quarterback. Titans don't. Yeah, that's interesting. The Titans don't. But here's the thing. I, does the Titans uh, do the Titans stand out for Derek Carr to go to? Probably they don't have any wide receivers. Right. So why would he want to go over there? He, he'll have his pick of the litter. He's not going over there. The Colts, but the Colts are going to draft a quarterback. Yeah, so it's not and the, the Texans <laughs> and the Texans are going to draft a quarterback. So it won't be them. Uh, the Chiefs have a quarterback. The Chargers have a quarterback. The Raiders obviously are yeah. are going to either look for a guy in the draft or. Go for a free agent. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. That might make sense. And and the Broncos have their quarterback. In the NFC, the Eagles have their quarterback. The Cowboys have their quarterback. The Giants have their quarterback. The Commanders have their quarterback, I believe. Uh, the Vikings have their quarterback. The Lions will re-sign Jared Goff. Um, the Packers have um, Jordan Love. The Bears have their quarterback. The Buccaneers, they're a team that will be looking. But why would Derek Carr want to go to the Buccaneers? I wouldn't want to play for Todd Bowles. Uh, the Panthers have their quarterback as far as right now is concerned. I think they're going to go with Sam Darnold, um, whoever they bring in. The Saints the Saints are a team that could be interesting. They're money stuck, so they'll have to try to adjust other things to make it So they're it work. probably not. The yeah. Falcons, he's not going to the Falcons. Uh, the 49ers have their quarterback. Uh, Seattle has their quarterback. The Rams. Now, the Rams are a team. Mm, that's interesting. That's, that's an interesting team. The Rams could be an interesting team, but... The question I, is if Sean McVay's gone. Yeah, he might be gone. A, that's the question. Are you gonna want to play for another coach besides McVay? If McVay stays, yeah. All right, so let's say the Rams in the NFC, they're they're a team that you can you want to say the Panthers? All right, put the Panthers up there. And that's it. That's it in the NFC. In the AFC, you have I think the Dolphins and the Jets. That's it. Yeah. So there's four teams that are going to be interested. And Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, and uh, Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Keith also says uh, Washington is going to be interested. Yeah, we've heard that with a lot of quarterbacks. I think they're stuck. They never end up getting them. Their cap is high. I I don't think they're going to be able to have them. Their cap is in the middle of the pack right now. Now they've drafted well, so maybe they have some leeway to go after it if they really do it. But how many how many years have we seen heard them be in rumors for quarterbacks and they never end up getting them? That's just a rumor right now. If Derek becomes if Derek Carr becomes a free agent, he's going to get is pick of the litter. He, he's going to pick wherever he wants to go. And he is going to look at all those teams and he's going to say, where do I have the best chance to win? What kind of weapons I have defensively, offensively, could I win with that team? And honestly, out of all those teams, who would you rather play for? I, and I'm not saying because I'm a Jet fan. It's the Jets. The Jets have elite wide receiver. They have an elite wide receiver. They have an elite running game. They they, they got to rebuild. They got to rebuild their defense. I mean, their offensive line. But if Beckham comes back in and you have Elijah Vera Tucker as one of the elite um, offensive linemen in all of football, I, I mean, you have a line. You have weapons. You have Conklin coming back. So, I, I, I mean, out of all those teams, and yes, you're going to say, you're going to Keith, you're going to say Miami. Here's the reason why Miami is not the not as good a team as you think they are. Look at what Miami has done the last couple of weeks, okay? They barely beat the Jets. They barely beat the Jets. They, they're, they're not a good team. They're overrated. They have no they, – they got a first-round draft pick because of the whole um, 
Well, no, they traded. No, they traded. They don't have any first round draft pick this year. Uh, they, I don't even think they have a second round draft pick this year either. So Miami doesn't have much to to look at. Look at the receivers. Okay, look, let's look at the. Well, yeah, receivers. they are the most desirable receivers. He's right about that. But yeah, let's look at the let's look at the offensive line. What they've done in the second half of the season. Yeah, uh, that's still a question mark. Now the coach definitely an insightful thing with McDaniel. They don't even know if they're keeping their coach. Yeah, now that yeah, right. That's the other issue. That's why the same kind of thing with with Washington. You just can't trust the ownership with them to be able to trust stability with that. Because no, I said I think they are a good team, Keith. I I, I agree with you on the team. I I don't agree with the ownership though because they're very. They're very ego-driven a lot of the time, and they do just want to do things that, for flash. Do you think Derek Carr wants to go and play in Miami? Come on. I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. He can't win in Miami. I, I, I think that ownership is horrible. I don't think the Jets' ownership is any any better, but I think the Jets, I, I think the Jets have the better coach. I think the Jets have the better GM. Yeah, the Dolphins are a lot like the Browns. They will find a way to do something to get in the way of their talent, and they have a lot of talent. They just have to make it work. Plus, here's the thing, Keith. On a fluent basis. Here's the thing, too. Tua is still there in Miami. So if they bring Derek Carr there, they're going to have to – they're going to be playing against one another. If Derek Carr goes to the Jets, he is not – he is the – he's the starter. He's – Zach Wilson's not going to challenge him. There's no way Zach Wilson's going to challenge him. He will be riding the, the bench for the next two years if they bring Derek Carr in. I think the, 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 the place that makes the most sense is the Jets. Now, are the Jets better than Miami? I don't know what the Jets are going to be next year from the draft and, and free agency. It could be a completely different team. I don't know. But when you put two and two together right now, I, I think that of all the teams, and we went through the teams, we – we what did we say? We in the uh, NFC we had the Rams, we had the Carolina the Carolina Panthers, we had the Jets in Miami for Derek Carr. I, I don't think he goes to the Rams because I don't know if Sean McVay wants to be there anymore, and they don't have the money to give Derek Carr right now, and they have to decide what to do with Matthew Stafford. Right. Well, no, they have to get rid of Stafford somehow, or they have any <laughs> shot at getting Carr. But again, if Stafford retires, the I don't Rams think he just have to pay him he, a certain the, amount. What I've read today is that Matthew Stafford believes he's coming back. Hmm. Okay. So, and then the Panthers, uh, Matthew Stafford's a free agent, so he could he can obviously decide that he doesn't want to go back right. to the Rams. But um, <clears throat> the Panthers, they could be interested in Derek Carr, but why would he go to the Panthers? I mean. What do they have? More? DJ Moore? They don't have anything over there. They, their offensive line is elite. By the way, they're one of the they have one of the best offensive lines in football. So maybe that's something that stands out to Derek Carr. But I don't even know if that that does. I think the wide receivers probably would more, and they, the Jets and the Dolphins are definitely the edges there. So the Rams, if Cup can stay healthy, are good. Him and Van Jefferson are good too, but it's still there's you know. no way the Raiders are going to be able to trade him three game three days after the Super Bowl. There's no way. Yep. Good luck. There's just no way. And if they do, they're not going to get much for him. Mm-hmm. They're what are they going to get? A fifth, a fourth if they're lucky. If they're lucky, they get a fourth for Derek yeah. Carr. I think a fourth probably is the reasonable thing, but if they wait too long, it's going to be a lot less than that. I don't think they get anything for it. It's them. a time bomb here. You're dealing with four days. That's the window, and if they wait too long, they don't have a plan for it. Without obviously tampering, too, you can't do that either. Good luck. I, I don't know how it makes sense for them. I would just let him go and let him go where he wants. I know they they're trying to get as much as they possibly can for him. He's getting cut. Yes, I believe too. 
that they're going to have to cut him. And then he's going to have his choice in the pick of the litter where he wants to go. And that Keith, I want to just go back to what we were saying about the Dolphins, too, because that's what can also make it fishy with them is being that Tua – had a great year when he was healthy, but still, again, the three concussions, how, how much can you trust him? We don't even know what the direction is. I think the in. Dolphins are going to try to bring Tua back next year. And, I think they are, too. And McDaniels over there, I they McDaniels likes Tua. Mm-hmm. He worked very well with Tua this year. They're going to have to figure out how they can protect him. But <laughs> I, I think it, it's – in the AFC, it's just the Jets. I, I mean, there's quite a few – there's not a lot of teams that are going to be looking for – a starting quarterback right. next year. The only other obvious team is Tennessee, but they don't have any wide receivers. So. I think you may remember Aaron Rodgers bought a house in Tennessee last year in the offseason. Mm-hmm. I remember and that. And a lot of people thought that's where he was going. I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Rodgers goes to Tennessee. And then Hopkins, they trade they trade for Hopkins again. Titans get Hopkins back over there. Hmm. And then you have Hopkins, you have your one two punch, you have Hopkins and Aaron Rodgers over there, and then you fly with that with that defense, which is an elite defense yeah. in the league. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, that that could happen. I, I, I just and they got money too. There's no more Tannehill on, on board anymore. Yeah. Goodbye thirty million dollars of like they don't the have, quarterback. They play. don't they, they went in after Malik Willis. They didn't even start him in, in the final games of the season. They traded yeah. they, they signed Dowd or whatever his name is. Josh Dobbs. Dobbs or whatever his name is. So yep. I, I just think right now the Titans are going to be looking for a quarterback in the U.S. Jimmy Garoppolo makes a lot of sense for the Titans. Jimmy makes a lot of sense for the Titans. Um, but obviously the, pay, the, the, the Patriot background uh, with Vrabel over there, it makes sense. But I, I, I think, I, I think it, if, if there's any team to get Aaron Rodgers, the Titans would be one of them. I don't think Derek Carr fits over there with the Titans. I think it's... I think they're heavily going to go after Derek. The Jets are heavily going to go after Derek Carr. And I believe that if, if that's who they want, you heard Woody Johnson today. Woody Johnson said, if that's the missing piece that's going to get us over the hump, then we will do whatever it takes to get that missing piece here. Mm-hmm. And we know the Jets will spend. They the will. will they spend well. They will. They'll spend the money if, if it's Derek Carr. I mean, honestly, I go, after, I go heavily after Aaron Rodgers. I'll try to make sure. I try to make a deal where I don't have to give up too many draft picks. I give up a second and a fifth. I trade for Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I trade for him. You still get your first. You, you get an elite quarterback, and you, you're going to be one of the top three, top four favorites in all of the NFL. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's bring him in, Mr. Derek Mountain. He's been working, uh, celebrating the holidays. Before we get into our picks and how are you doing, man? How was your holidays? How was New Year's? How was Christmas? Did you get any nice gifts from your family? Uh, I got to spend the holiday with them, so that's always a great gift, as you know, Errol. Yeah, um, yeah it, was re- it was relaxing. It was really relaxing. I got to be home for a little bit, um, so good to see everyone. But starting to get back in the groove now, um, back to the real world, so. So that's always good, too. You're based out of Boston or Rhode Island, right? Uh, Boston. Boston. How, how do you like Boston? You like Boston? I do. I think it's a little smaller version of Philly, probably a little cleaner. Um, I like it, though. I do. And uh, where I'm living now, my apartment, we're, uh, we're pretty close to the beach. So, like, that's nice. Um, so, yeah, no, I've liked it. I mean, I went to school uh, – like a half hour from Boston where I went to university. So 
No, I, I, I def- it's definitely growing on me. Just, get, it's just a little cold all year. Oh, stop being a baby! You're from Pennsylvania. It's cold over know, there too, man. It's, it's, cold. Errol, it's Errol's, colder up here. Though. Errol and my younger brother Aiden are literally the only two people that are never cold ever. Actually, I'm my father too. So. Dude, I yesterday I went outside with a t-shirt and I asked Speedy. It's like 30 degrees out, and I I didn't think it was cold at all. And Speedy was like, oh, "I said, Speedy, is it cold? Are you cold?" He's like, "I'm freezing." I was like, "Dude, this is not cold. This is great weather. I mean, I could breathe. I I can." I, I mean, that's that's great weather. I, I don't know why everybody complains. I do about like it. the cold to an extent, but when it's like windy, like and it's yes, uh, I don't know, like it's then that hurts. Mm. I I know you're you're you live with your girl, and I I I envy you for that. And what does your girl do, by the way? I, I never asked you that. She's in her. She's going into her last semester of law school at Boston College, um, and then she'll be working as a corporate lawyer starting in September. She's got to take the bar, so she's got to pass the bar, but um, hey, if assuming that, that goes to plan. I got a joke for you. If your brother could do it, she can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love your brother. I love him. Uh, but I, I love messing with him. But he's got he's got some personality, man. But what did your brother buy you for Christmas? Socks? Underwear? What did he buy you? He got me a really nice jacket, if I remember correctly. Look at that. Sports jacket oh, or then, winter jacket? It was just like a winter jacket. I have like one, but it's old and kind of being up. It was perfect. Well, at, at least, uh, you know, at least Brian buys you a nice winter jacket. Keeps you warm over there in Boston. Uh, so I'm I'm happy you you have a great family you do and uh, uh, it's great to when you have the opportunity to spend some time you're up there in Boston your brother your brother's all over the place now that he's a he's an agent and doing all his work and your father's always busy your other brother's always busy your family's all over I'm, I'm surprised your mother can deal with this but you know uh, you know I guess this <laughs> I guess this is life but. Uh, why don't we get a mountain into to it? climb? By, that's right, a mountain to climb, as we as we call this segment a mountain to climb. Uh, <laughs> last week, man, you were you were thirteen and three, so that was a good week for you. For week eighteen, I, I'll take that. Yes. There was so much crap you had to sift through last week. You had to pick the Browns, though. That was the only difference on me because I was fourteen yeah. and two. You would have been tied with me. <laughs> I was oh, I was eleven and five. I'm still in the lead, but. Uh, th- this week is is interesting, and we wanted to wait for you. We we kind of went through some of the games yesterday and our thoughts to how the games can. I believe there could be a lot of surprises this week. I I really do. I think there could be quite a few upsets. So why don't we get into it, Speedy? All righty. So the first game we have is the 49ers hosting the Seahawks. It is the Saturday 4:15 game, and. San Francisco at home. Um, I know you were saying this was going to be one of the closer ones you could expect. Seattle playing him three times already now. Uh, they could definitely see some advantages. And I think Geno Smith will do that a lot in the first half. I think him running the ball is going to be a big matchup for the Niners. The question is, how healthy is Tyler Lockett, too? Because he's been playing hurt a lot of the time, and they're going to need somebody like that to be able to stretch the field. I think Traverius Ward is a good matchup on DK Metcalf. And then also, can they get interior protection against those Niners' tough front that they have? Because Geno Smith won't be able to run if they're getting pressured right away. So I'm going to take the Niners. I think it will be close in the beginning, and then they'll run away with it in the fourth quarter. Give me San Francisco. I'm going to say 34-20. Go ahead, Derek. Uh, 
I'm also going to go with San Fran. I, uh, I just think the Seattle defense is going to be completely overwhelmed. Um, I, I don't see how they get stops in this game, especially with Debo back in the mix now. He played 68% of, of the snaps in Week 18. So you had him with Kittle, with McCaffrey, with Ayuk. I mean, they have so many weapons. Purdy really is kind of just a point guard in this offense. As long as he's mistake-free, I mean, those guys are going to create. So... I think they're going to have their hands full. I actually think this is a spot where Geno can, can can keep it close, like Speedy said. I actually, like, the, the spread's nine and a half. I would take them to cover just because it's the third time they've played. Seattle kept it kind of close in that Thursday night game. If Homer doesn't fumble before the half, if Quandre Diggs doesn't drop that interception, who knows. Um but San Francisco is going to be too much. They're going to be way too much for them. I will take them 27-20. I think this game will be very, very close throughout the first three quarters. I think the fourth quarter, uh, it's going to be the battle of the defense versus the battle against the running quarterback. I, I don't trust Geno Smith in the big game. I, Geno, this is the first time Geno Smith is starting in the playoffs. Uh, he's going to have a lot of pressure on him. This is not in Seattle. There's no 12th man. This is San Francisco. It's going to be warm out. It's going to be a beautiful day on Saturday afternoon. And and here's a, a, the other thing. Christian McCaffrey, this is a guy that's been craving to play in the playoffs and, and actually win a Super Bowl like his father did with the Broncos. So I, I think this is his opportunity. He always wanted to win a Super Bowl. He wanted to be the second McCaffrey to win a Super Bowl. This could be the best chance he'll ever have. I mean, this team is fully healthy offensively. Uh, you just said Hayuk and Samuel. I, I, I mean, this is this is an all-out type of offensive team that can really explode this week. And and Purdy, all he has to do, like you said, is, is play the point guard, throw the ball, don't make any mistakes. If he does that, they win. And that defense is as elite as a defense could be. If this defense could get into the, the Super Bowl, they're going to be very hard to beat. I, I think it'll be close. San Francisco wins 27-24. All right. The Saturday night game is the L.A. Chargers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Probably the best game of the week. Definitely, I think, the most competitive game based on the fact that their offenses are built very similarly, where you have two star young quarterbacks. You have two running backs that are both good scrimmage backs, but they've had issues as pure running teams in the last month of the season. Eckler had a couple big chunk runs, but wasn't overly consistent. ETN really hasn't been the same since the injury. Now, the Jags front seven I've been very impressed with, and the Chargers offensive line still having some injuries. That'll be a matchup to watch. And the Chargers secondary depth against that Jags receiving core will be another thing. The Chargers do have a lot of receiving depth, too. That'll keep this game close. But I'm going to trust Doug Peterson, the coaching and experienced coach in the playoffs. First game for Staley in the playoffs. Close game I'll take Jacksonville 28 24 I'm also going with the Jags uh, I really like what I've seen from Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson I know Lawrence missed a few throws in that week 18 game against Tennessee but over the these last two months he's been really really sharp Evan Ingram's come along really nicely ETN's come Thank along you. nicely Christian Kirk is living up to that contract that we all laughed at over the over the summer yeah. um I just think they're more well-rounded on offense compared to the Chargers. I mean, last week, Mike Williams gets hurt in that irrelevant Week 18 game that he does not need to play in at all. That hurts a lot because the Chargers are pretty thin as it is. I mean, Keenan Allen on and off with injuries. He just he looks like a shell of himself uh, compared to what he's been the last couple of years. Um, 
Eckler's fine, but they can't really establish the run. Um, not much outside of that. To me, that offense is just putting it all on Herbert, right? Um, so I just think the Jags are more well-rounded. I really like how their defensive front is playing. I really like how Tyson Campbell is playing. Um, if Mike Williams does play, I think he's a nice matchup to at least mitigate him a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take the home team here. I'm going to take Doug Peterson, who has experience here, and Brandon Staley does not. Um, so give me the Jacksonville Jaguars, 26-21. Oh, I think you guys are wrong. I'm going to take the extra-year veteran quarterback in Justin Herbert. I think he's the better quarterback in this in this game. Trevor Lawrence has looked good, but even against the Jets, did he put up good numbers against the Jets? I know the Jets' defense is one of the better defenses in the league, but I think Trevor Lawrence numbers have looked overrated. And, and really, I, I just don't know how good this Jacksonville Jaguars team is going to be. Even though they're having the home game, Doug Peterson has the, the experience. He's won a Super Bowl with Philadelphia. I don't know if I trust Trevor Lawrence in the big game. He's never played in the playoffs uh, in the NFL. It's going to be loud. It's going to be a lot of pressure on him. I think Justin Herbert's could. He he's the better quarterback. Uh, yes, there is. They have a lot of injuries. Their defense is not the explosive defense we thought they were going to be. But Derwin James is back. The secondary is at least half decent from what it was for the first six seven weeks of the season. I I really like the Chargers in this game. I think the Chargers are going to go into Jacksonville. It'll be close. Give me Jack. I, I'm sorry. Give me the Chargers in this game. Twenty to seventeen. They they knock off the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right. The one of the uh, potential blowouts, probably the Dolphins and the Bills. I mean, the Dolphins starting a third string quarterback. It's going to be very hard for them to win. It's going to be a Mike McDaniel masterclass. It's going to have to take. They're going to have to probably break out some wildcat at this rate if they want to have any shot at winning this game. But yeah, the Bills. Their offense will be too much. I think the Dolphins have had a lot of trouble with chunk plays. I think this is a big game for Gabe Davis. I think he's due for one. He hasn't had one in a while. And maybe a game to get the running game going, too. Maybe to try it out in the third quarter. and Because they need some level of playoff identity, like the Chiefs did with Andy Reid and the random running backs to break out there. So, Bills win in a blowout, 34-14. to 14. I'm also going with the Bills here. I mean, outside Tua, who has already been ruled out, here is their injury report today. So, did not practice. Tua, Teron Armstead, Bradley Chubb, Liam Eikenberg, Melvin Ingram, Raheem Mostert. Limited participants, Teddy Bridgewater, Alec Engold, Jalen Phillips, Jalen Waddle, Cedric, and Jeff Wilson. I mean, those are pretty much all starters. Those are pretty much all their best players, right? Um, Miles Gaskin. So it's not just two. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, it's not even just two at this point. They are so thin right now. Um, the Bills have won seven straight, which, like, I, I'm looking through their schedule. They haven't been that impressive to me at least down the stretch i think losing von miller to the year really hurt them absolutely but, uh mike but micah hyde his 21 day window was open this week from the injury reserve list if you remember he was ruled out i think week one of the year with the neck injury that they thought was going to be a six to eight month recovery and he has totally accelerated that timeline and he may be back as soon as next week. If he can even give him 15, 20 snaps, I mean, between him and Poyer, that might be the best safety combo in in football when they're both healthy. Um, if he's back, I mean, I really think the Bills can put themselves back in that Chiefs tier. But for now, I think they're in that second tier. I think they cruise here, but I think that's something they got to worry about in later rounds. But I'm, I'm a speedy here. It's going to be a blowout. 
35-13. Oh, it's definitely going to be a blowout. First of all, Tua's not playing. I, I think Waddle and, and Tyreek Hill isn't 100% healthy. He, he's been limping for the last couple of weeks. He'll be limping all the way to the golf courses or trying to raise zebras or whatever the hell he tries to raise. I, I don't think they have a chance in this game. They're going into Buffalo. It's going to be freezing. There might be a little snow on the ground. This is not Miami. Uh, I think this is Josh's Josh Allen's game to really just shut the critics up. I think he's going to put up a forty spot. I, I just and I don't I don't think Miami's defense in the last couple of weeks has looked any good. Okay, this is not a good defense. Um, so give me the Buffalo Bills, forty-seven to twenty. All right, four thirty Sunday, the New York Giants at the Minnesota Vikings, or as Aaron Schatz likes to call it, the game of the two frauds. Uh, this will be a close game because you're, you're looking at teams that have both been good in the fourth quarter this year. Uh, the Giants still have a lot of injuries on their defense. I don't know how healthy their secondary is. Xavier McKinney came back but hasn't looked great the last couple games yet. Um, we'll see how healthy Adoree Jackson is against that receiving depth because it's not just Justin Jefferson that's taking off in the second, uh, the last month of the season. We've seen T.J. Hawkinson play his probably his best stretch of pass catching and also K.J. Osborne, a name to watch that's run really well the final month of the season as well. Um, the Giants did stop Dalvin Cook in the first meeting. I don't know if they'll do it this time around. Offensively for the Giants, Daniel Jones, I think, runs the ball well, but do they have enough guys that can stretch the field against some older Vikings corners? I don't know about that. So I'm going to take the Vikings. It's going to be a close game. I'll take them 27-20. to 20. Um, I'm going to go with Minnesota here. Uh, this is one where it's like I think it's going to be a chaotic game. Uh, both of these teams seem to have kind of this – inkling for a, for crazy finishes this year, especially the Vikings. I mean, the first time these guys played, what did Greg Joseph hit? Like a 60-yarder to win it, right? Yep. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if it came down to that on, on either end. I think this is a game that probably comes down to the last possession. Um, I'm just going to go with Minnesota here because they've been in so many tight games. I trust their top-end talent a little bit more. They're more experienced. Um, I think it's a little bit of a better matchup. I mean, we know what Wake Martindale is going to do. He's going to bring six and seven man pressures all game long. He's not like he's going to bracket Justin Jefferson. Jefferson is going to have opportunities to make plays down the field all game. TJ Hawkinson has been a true complimentary piece for Jefferson. If he is getting all that attention, Hawkinson has been able to deliver as a second option, like Speedy said. Um, so I'll just... I'll trust the higher seed here. I'll trust the home team here, even though I do think whoever wins this game, that, that's probably the end of their of their playoff experience. But I will go with the Vikings here in a tight one, 23-21. I like the Vikings in this game. Daniel Jones has nobody to throw to. I, I, I do believe Saquon Barkley will put up numbers. I think he'll have 90 yards and a touchdown. But Minnesota is the elite team out of both these teams, Okay. I, I do believe this is a blowout. I, I do not believe the Giants will be in this game at any point. Who's stopping Jefferson? Who's stopping Hawkinson? Who's stopping Thielen? And if one of these guys gets stopped and you double-team Jefferson, uh, who's stopping Adam Thielen? So, I, and Dalvin Cook, even though he was stopped the last time they play, I think Dalvin Cook will be even better this week uh, against the Giants. The Giants defense is young. Uh, they have Dexter Lawrence. They do have pieces. Thibodeau looks like he's going to be a player. I just, I, I don't know what they're going to do in Minnesota. It's going to be loud. The crowd over there is absolutely loud. It's in a dome. I, I, I just, 
I, I don't think the Giants have any chance in this game. I really don't. I think Minnesota puts up a big number. Uh, finally, Kirk Cousins has something to brag about in the playoffs. Give me the Minnesota Vikings in this game, 32-14. to 14. Yeah, The Sunday night game, the lost a little lust now that there's no more Lamar Jackson. The Ravens this game and the Bengals. This game is over before it even started. Yeah, I'm leaning that way, too. The, the Bengals are too much with the receivers. Now, I'm, the one thing I'm curious to see in this game is if they're going to be able to run the ball well because they've been kind of inconsistent running the ball, and the Ravens do have a very good run defense. So if they can establish that, that could help for their well-rounded playoff identity because that's really their only conceptual flaw. But, yeah, this is going to be a blowout. The Ravens don't have much of a pass rush. Give me the Bengals 34-13. Yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I'm also going with the Bengals. Um, something to look out for, Lyle Collins out for the year. Alex Kappa, their best offensive lineman, is out for the foreseeable future. Uh, I don't think it's going to hurt this round. I mean, they're probably get, they're either going to be playing a banged-up Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown. I mean, I don't know how the Ravens are going to score. Um, but in the next round, if they have to play a Buffalo, um, I think that is something to watch out for. I think this is something that it was the Achilles heel of the Cincinnati team last year, and they seem to kind of put it together towards the end of the year, and now they're banged up again. Um, so is this something that's going to hurt them when they play a better opponent? I mean, we'll, we'll find out because they've won eight straight. I mean, they're as hot as anybody in football. I think they're about as well-rounded as it gets in terms of teams in the playoffs. I mean, teams that are more well-rounded, maybe Philly, San Fran, Maybe Buffalo, right? But, uh, I mean, in terms of Burrow, like, he's one of the more trustworthy quarterbacks you have in this entire tournament. Um, Jamar Chase is fully healthy now. Um, so they're just so dynamic. I, I think they cruise in this one 24 13, but O line health, something to look out for in later rounds for them. Uh, Cincinnati's uh, O-line help going into the offseason was the most important thing. In the starting of the season, their offensive line was one of the worst in the league. Somehow, the last seven, eight games, it became one of the better offensive lines in football. But it's really the defense. If they're going to be able to get a pass rush, Hedricks, Hedrickson is not 100% healthy. If he Is he playing this week? I don't even know if he's playing. He, I'm not, no official word yet, but he hasn't been practicing fully. So. Okay, so if they don't have him, they, he's been their best pass rusher the last two years. They're going to need him uh, against the Buffalo Bills. Maybe not against Baltimore. I think Baltimore will keep it close. I think they'll be able to keep Joe Burrow within bay. But I don't think it's going to be enough because Huntley is not going to be able to score points. He's not Lamar Jackson. They don't. He doesn't have the speed that Lamar Jackson has or the 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 opportunity to make plays in the open field like Lamar Jackson can when he, when he has to throw the ball. So I, I don't think they're going to score a lot. So I, I think if the Bengals put up 17, you know, 20 points, the game's going to be over. I, I just think the Bengals all around is the better team. And I, I, without Lamar Jackson, and I, I give Lamar Jackson a lot of credit not playing this game. He has to protect his asset. He has to protect his legs because he's going to make a lot of money next year. If it's not with Baltimore, it will be somebody else. So give me the Bengals. The Bengals are the better team. 24-10. All right, the last matchup, the Dallas Cowboys at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or as I like to call it, a battle of two of the worst fourth-quarter clock management coaches in the league. Mike McCarthy versus Todd Bowles. This is going to be a good game, by the way. This is going to be a good game. I, I, I definitely do believe that. Uh, I think the Buccaneers will be able to move the ball down the field a lot. The question is, can they do it in the red zone? That, that's something that's definitely been missed 
when Bruce Arians has not been coaching. Uh, Byron Leftwich is still the same coordinator, but still their offense has been kind of streaky in the red zone as a result. And the raw running game has been very inconsistent. Leonard Fournette's actually done well receiving this year. Not as good of running uh, this year with the injuries on their offensive line. Now Dallas, they're going to have a tough matchup against a tough Tampa run defense. But I do think the matchup that will help for them is Tony Pollard from scrimmage catching passes. So I'm going to take the Cowboys. I think it's going to be very close. I just trust their red zone offense a little more than the Buccaneers. And again, they're both going to have some clock management issues down the stretch. that will make it seem like, oh, nobody should win this game. But give me Dallas 27-23. See, you guys think this is going to be a good game. I think this is going to be a blowout. I think the Cowboys are going to blow out the Buccaneers here. Um, I think the only reason there's any optimism in Tampa is because of Tom Brady. And I get it. But... We're talking about 45-year-old Tom Brady on a decrepit Bucks team. That is just not the same that we've seen the last two years, right? I mean, you talk about the core of this team. They still have Brady. They still have Evans, Godwin, those guys. Uh, Tristan Wirfs is still coming into his own. Uh, he was a little banged up this year, but still one of the best right tackles in football. But, I mean, you look at the guys they leaned on in the, in the championship run from two years ago and even last year when they took the Rams out of the wire. No Sue, no Gronk. Uh, Shaq Barrett's out for the year. Ali Marpet retired this offseason. Ryan Jensen out for the year. Antonio Brown, we know what happened there, right? I mean, there are just so many guys, so many core guys that contributed the last two years that aren't in the equation anymore. Um, this is a bad football team. They're averaging 18 points per game. Uh, they had the one blip where they put up 30 against a banged up and, I mean, if we're being honest, checked out Carolina Panthers team in that mm -hmm. Week 17 game, but other than that, this offense has been anemic. The defense is banged up. It's old. Um, and, and for me, like Dallas, they've been one of the best offenses since Dak has come back from injury, besides last week. Last week was awful. I, I can't really explain that one other than maybe they checked out. It was week 18. It was pretty meaningless for them, considering the Eagles were probably going to win that Giants game. Um, but – other than that, they've gotten over 27 points in every single game Dak has started except for the first game he came back. That's that's 10 games in a row until last week. The defense is not maybe elite like we thought the first couple weeks of the year, but, I mean, Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, Tank Lawrence, I mean, they got playmakers on that side of the football. So I think Dallas Cruz is here. I think they blow them out 31-17. They're going to need to. Because even though uh, Jerry Jones came out and said Mark McCarthy is safe, even if they lose this game, Dak Prescott might not be because Aaron Rodgers is looming. Uh, and if he becomes available, hey, who knows? Uh, Mike McCarthy's old quarterback goes to the Cowboys and wins a Super Bowl for the Cowboys. You know Jerry Jones would love to do that. But um, I think this is Dak Prescott's game. I think he outplays Tom Brady in a playoff game. Yes, it's Tom Brady. It's the great Tom Brady. This... Evans and Godwin, they're, they're great players, but the offensive line stinks. Jensen hasn't been healthy all season long. This offensive line, Worth got hurt. He's not 100%. This is not a good offensive line. They're not, they haven't protected Tom Brady, and they can't run the ball. They haven't run the ball in the last couple of weeks. Leonard Fournette looks old. This team looks old. I, I, I don't know. And this defense, which was one of the better defenses all season long, has fallen apart the last couple of weeks. They've fallen out of the top ten. So, I, I don't know. I, I, and I don't trust Todd Balls. If you were to ask me right now, Mike McCarthy or Todd Balls, they both stink. But I, I would rather Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy actually won a Super Bowl. Yes, he had, obviously, um, Aaron Rodgers. But he, 
he he's no he's no guarantee either. But I I just think that the Cowboys are a better team. They can get at the quarterback. Micah Parsons will have a big game. I, I think they'll be able to run the ball. Uh, I think the Buccaneers will have problems stopping Pollard in this game and Zeke. Uh, they have a two-headed monster. And CeeDee Lamb will have a big game. I think he will have a big game in the secondary. Uh, give me the Cowboys. I think it'll be closer than you think, Derek. But I think uh, I think the Cowboys win 30-20. to 20. That's where I think the game ends. Uh, I, I just... I, and, and Speed, you could shut the music. I, I don't... I don't... As much as I like what Tom Brady has done year in and year out, he is 45 years old, like you said, Derek. Uh, that's one thing. And, and again... Tom Brady, as good as he had of a season, if you look at his numbers, they're still good numbers. He could still play in the NFL next year if he wants to, and he probably will. I I, I don't know why. He's making $350 million if he goes to Fox, but, you know, it's Tom Brady, and he likes to play, he likes to compete, and uh, he doesn't have a wife anymore bitching and moaning at him, so he can do whatever the hell he wants. But um, And he's probably got a hotter girlfriend right now anyways than his wife. Uh, but if, if you look at the big picture right now and, and the position that Tom Brady's at, he wants to win one more Super Bowl. He wants to win his eighth. It might not be with this Buccaneers. It's not going to be with the Buccaneers team. But next year, he can go to the 49ers. He can go to the Raiders. He could go back to New England if he wants. Uh, he can go somewhere where he has a chance to win for one more year where a team – if he goes back to the Patriots, the Patriots have like – $60, $70 million they could spend in the offseason to help Tom Brady out if he wants to go back to the Patriots and try to win another one with Bill Belichick. If not the Patriots, he, go, he goes and plays with Josh McDaniels. McDaniels will make sure. They have Adams there. They have Waller there. They have Renfro there. They they bring back Jacobs. You you kidding me? That offense is going to be ridiculous with Tom Brady there. So anywhere, anywhere you're slicing and dice it, uh, Tom Brady might play next year. So... It's so interesting. I know Tom Brady thinks that he can do anything and he can take this team all the way to the Super Bowl and win. There's not a chance in hell with the, with so many deficiencies that they have this year. And and Todd Bowles is just a horrible head coach. I know this because he coached my team, and he was horrible for my team. Uh, he's a good defensive coordinator. He just doesn't know how to coach. Byron Leftwich was should have been the one that was coaching this team. And that's, what, that's really where it should be. But, I, I mean... Derek, when you when you look at the playoffs, you would think that this would be the best week when it comes to games. I, I mean, there's there might be two games that might be interesting to watch. Who wants to watch Miami and Buffalo? Tua's not playing in the game. Who really wants to watch the New York Giants except the Giant fans in Minnesota? That's going to be a crappy game. Baltimore and the Bengals, there's no Lamar Jackson. Maybe if Lamar plays, it might be more interesting. Uh, you have old Tom Brady and the Buccaneers that are playing flat against Dallas Cowboys team that was in elite defense, which now has come to, you know, come to whatever you want to say it. I mean, the only game that really stands out that could be a fun game to watch, when watch it might even just be a blowout or just have been a crappy game where it's going to be a field goal game, is the Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it's just crazy. It'll be next week where the games will be interesting, where you have, right. might have the Bengals and Buffalo, Cincinnati. I, I mean, not Bengals. You'll have uh, Kansas City and whoever The winner wins. of the Jags Chargers. Jags yeah. Chargers. Maybe it's ja- you know the Chargers, but that won't be a good game. Whoever wins that game has no chance against the Kansas City Chiefs. And, uh, you know, in the, the NFC, you have the Cowboys. The, if the Cowboys win next week, they would be matched up against uh, the Eagles. That would be a good. That would be an interesting game. And if the Giants, let's say Minnesota wins ne- this week, they play the Niners. They would play yeah, the Niners. Tough. 
that'll be a fun game too. So, honestly, <laughs> we all thought that the AFC was going to be a powerhouse. But if you look at it, if you look at it right now, the last if if it falls the way we think it's going to fall, the 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 four powerhouse teams in, in each division. I think the more powerhouse teams are in the NFC than they are in the AFC. If you look at it, Minnesota, right? The Cowboys, the Eagles, and the 49ers. And then, uh, you know, in the AFC, it's Buffalo, Kansas City, Jacksonville, or L- the LA Chargers. And who's the other team? Um, the Bengals. The Bengals. So I, I, I think even though the Bengals, Bills, and Kansas City look like they're, they're powerhouses, Jacksonville and, and the Chargers are not that good. Okay, none of those t- none of those two teams are doing anything in the playoffs after this round. So it, it really it, it comes to be interesting going in to uh, week two of the playoffs. So I don't know, man. D- Derek, Derek, I have a question for you. Uh, being that the Eagles, even though they did win against the Giants, playing a lot of their starters, are you concerned they kind of only played close to them? Not really, to be honest with you. I think they kept it. Pretty vanilla, treated it like a preseason game. I mean, Hurts didn't run, which I think their whole offense is kind of based around the threat of him running. Um, and they, they were missing a lot of guys that are that should be there in two weeks. Uh, they didn't have Lane Johnson. They didn't have C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Um, they didn't have Josh Sweat, who left that game in the first quarter. He's going to be back in the divisional round. Um, these are all big-time pieces for them, right? Right. Um, so I, I think, yeah, they were playing for the one seed, but it's kind of like, all right, the Giants, uh, Daniel Jones was inactive. Saquon Barkley was inactive, right? Andrew Thomas didn't play. So I think it's it's a tough game emotionally to get up for. Um, they did just enough. I mean, they were up by two touchdowns the entire second half, and I think they kind of took their foot off the gas. And um, it, it wasn't great, but it's enough. Like, you just try to find a way to win and get – the bye week because that's really all that matters with this team is just being healthy. Um, Avante Maddox is another guy. He, he oh, was yeah. out for that game. He might play in the division round. He might be ready. Um, so, I mean, if they can get most of those guys back, I mean, that is the team that got them to 10 and 0, right? I mean, that is the reason why people thought they were the best team in football the first two months of the year. They haven't looked like that since maybe the first half of the Houston game. Um, They've had their moments, but um, I mean, sometimes momentum can be a little bit overrated going into the playoffs. I mean, now they're one week matchups and they get healthy. I think that is the most important part, especially in this seven team format where only one team gets a buy. It is such a big advantage. Uh, the only thing that I think the Eagles have to worry about is if, if Jalen Hurts is 100% healthy. If, if Jalen Hurts is 100% healthy, it, it, they're going to be hard to beat. I, I mean, yes, the 49ers, their defense, yes. I, I don't trust Purdy, okay? I, I don't. As good as he's looked all season long, he hasn't lost the game. I'm, I'm with you. I'm I, with I don't you. trust him. In a big game when there's pressure, and you're you're talking about the best teams. In, if they, they have to match up against, if the 49ers have to match up against the the, the Cowboys and what that pass rush pass rush could do to you, or they got to match up against you know, you know the only team Minnesota. I think they can match up very well against Minnesota, yeah. but they they don't they don't stand a chance against the Eagles. I, if Purdy if Purdy is the starting quarterback, now they're saying that Jimmy G could be back in week two, and maybe Jimmy G takes G, G takes. There's over no this. way they go back to Jimmy G at this point. I think mm-hmm. I think they're going to ride this out with Purdy, um, and he's played well, but. 
I'm with you, Arrow, where it's like there are plays he makes every week where I'm not saying he's he's lucky. I, I think it's a little bit of luck, but I think there are plays out there where it's like he thinks he's a little better than he is. He's got that cockiness to him, which is fine. Um, but I just think in the playoffs, it gets a lot tighter. Harder. It get, yeah. The windows get a lot tighter. It's a lot harder. Um, and teams are going to make him beat them as best as they can. I mean, McCaffrey's always going to get his, right? I mean, Shanahan is the best play caller in the league. They have the probably the best arsenal of weapons in the league. Um, but if it's a shootout at Philly, right, it, like are you trusting Brock Purdy if he needs to go 80 yards down the field with two minutes to go? Because that's what the playoffs are. I mean, that's what all these quarterbacks have to do in the playoffs because they're all one possession games. They're all really tight games and you're playing the best defenses. Mm. And the Eagles have home field advantage all the way through the playoffs. So that, that, that goes to the advantage with them. And you know, the Philadelphia fans, they're loud and they're obnoxious. So they're they're going to throw something probably they're, they're obnoxious crowd of people, but also I do believe that the Philadelphia Eagles all around, they are the most talented team going into the playoffs. When when they're 100% healthy with the weapons that they have, look who they have coming up. They have Adamic and Sue coming off the bench. They have they have all these guys coming off the bench that, that have won before. So they, they could do – they have an arsenal of guys that can do things uh, that, that, that can make plays. And the only thing that worries me about the Philadelphia Eagles going into the playoffs is Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts is – is a, not I would I wouldn't say 100% because he's not but if he's 90% it's going to be hard the 49ers any one of these teams in the NFC uh, the Cowboys the uh, the Vikings the Giants none of these teams can match up against this team when they're at full strength and they have a good secondary as we all know one of the more underrated secondaries in all of football and uh, they could get at you uh, Jordan Davis is back. They have, they've got weapons. They can get at you. They can put pressure on you. Uh, they're going to cause havoc. And I think that's the problem with Purdy. When it comes down to the big part of the game, is Purdy going to be able to deliver the ball when the pressure is coming up the gut uh, with some of these bohemians that the Philadelphia Eagles have? I don't know if he is, and and I think that's going to be their uh, – their ether in going into if they ever play the 49ers in the playoffs or the 49ers play them. Mm. Um, the one thing that interests me in the playoffs is the Buffalo Bills. Now, I heard that DeMar Hamlin uh, will not be at the game this week. Now, I disagree. I think DeMar Hamlin will show up to the game. I think it'll give uh, enthusiasm to the Eagle, f- I mean, to the Buffalo Bills fans. I think it'll be huge if DeMar Hamlin goes to every single game. And I think DeMar, I think the, the, this is why I think the Bills have the advantage throughout the playoffs mm-hmm. is, is the DeMar Hamlin thing. I think they're going to do it for DeMar. I think they're going to go out there and give it their all. And I think Josh Allen has a lot to prove. I think Josh Allen wants this game against Kansas City so very bad. I think he wants to play Kansas City again. He wants to do it in Kansas City, and he wants to beat Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, and go to the Super Bowl that way. I, I think this could happen, and I, I would love to see the Bills knock off the Kansas City Chiefs because I can't stand Patrick Mahomes' stupid shimmy. He reminds me so much like Steph Curry. The cockiness, his attitude, him biting down on his mouthpiece when he's on the sidelines. He may, he. I know he likes to make it so simple and he makes it so easy, but when you have the one of the greatest offensive minds as your head coach and you have a bunch of weapons all over the field and you actually have a defense that can get at you, 
I, you have a very good chance to win every single week. So I'm. everybody keeps talking about what they lost to Tyree Kill. Then they added Tony. Then they added this. Then they added that. They have more weapons than they did last year, but everybody thinks Patrick Mahomes is the next thing since sliced bread. So I, I, I just – and we just had – Derek, we just had uh, Aaron Schatz on, and he told me – I said I believe Jalen Hurts was the MVP of the league. And he told me when you look at statistics and you look at analytics – it's not even close. Patrick Mahomes was the MVP, even if Jalen Hurts played the whole season. And I told him, I said, I understand you look at the analytics. I understand he broke the yard record and everything like that. In my eyes, what Jalen Hurts did this year with the pressure on him and, and, and winning that division and winning the NFC tells me that he was the MVP of the league. I don't care what the numbers show you. Tom Brady had better numbers than Aaron Rodgers the year before. But Aaron Rodgers won the MVP. Okay. And he picked him. Aaron Aaron, uh, Aaron yes, Schatz picked Aaron Rodgers. And Tom Brady had way better numbers than Aaron Rodgers did. So I should have mentioned that, by the way, because that, that would have ticked him off. Well, yeah, it was a difference last year for Rodgers and Brady. Of, but how different is it? If they were it was rewarded, a huge difference when they it were, comes right, to it, they were rewarding analytics. Vol- they were rewarding efficiency over volume in that case. Because Aaron Rodgers had barely any interceptions last year. And Brady had, I think, four more or no, oh eight my more touchdowns. God. Oh, my God. He had four more interceptions than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And then Brady had eight more touchdowns and a lot more passing yards. But he also, I think, had ten interceptions. What a crock. Jalen Hurts was the MVP of the league this year. It's such a crock. I I can't sit and listen to these analytic guys because, to me, when you look at the big picture – the, the Eagles the Eagles were talking about their two first-round draft picks this year, that they're going to draft a quarterback, they're going to move up. All the Eagle fans were running Jalen Hurts out of the organization before the season starts. Then he puts up the numbers. The Eagles are the best team in the football. They didn't lose a game for the first 11 games or 10 games, and they were, they were a dominant force. And then all of a sudden, uh, Jalen Hurts is the best thing since sliced bread. I, I just think I think it's a ridiculous and, and these analytics stop with the analytics. How about the eye test? All right. Patrick Mahomes, I I understand he plays in the AFC. Patrick Mahomes, look at the weapons Patrick Mahomes has. Now everybody's gonna say, well, Smith and uh the running game from the Eagles and, and AJ Brown and great God, great, yeah. great in their offensive line. And how many weapons does Patrick Mahomes? He has like five wide receivers. He's got four or three running backs. Pacquiao, whatever his name is, he's what their third guy all season long. What's his name? Pachua, whatever. Pacheco. Pacheco. Whatever. Basically, they're basically a hot hand running back type team. I I mean, this this, it's ridiculous. It's every single year they find a new weapon. Mm -hmm. Every single year. Ronald Jones will be the breakout playoff running back. Every friggin' year, man, it makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah, he broke Drew Brees' record. Who cares? It don't mean nothing. Win a Super Bowl, okay? And you want to know something? I I really believe, and it won't be next week, but whoever plays them in the AFC title game is going to eliminate them. It's either the Bengals or the Bills. I think one of those teams are going to eliminate them. The Bengals already beat them this year. I think the Bengals match up very well against them. And I, I think the Bills have a lot to prove. I think the Bills with this DeMar Hamlin thing, they beat the Bengals. I, I think you run right through. Run th- right through to Kansas City. I, I just don't think Kansas City has it this year. I don't. Uh, Keith says, Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback by far. He did win. What do you mean he's the best far? What do you he, mean he did he win? He thinks he's the best quarterback by far. He did win a Super Bowl, yes. Okay, right. he won a Super Bowl. 
He won a Super Bowl because our friend Kyle Shanahan stopped running the ball when he shouldn't have. Kyle Shanahan had a 10-point lead with five and a half minutes left and the ball. And, by the way, he Jimmy Garoppolo had the ball on the 55-yard line. I remember the game very, very well. Five minutes and 30 seconds left of the game. All he had to do... With ten, with up ten, was run the damn clock out. You know what he did? He threw the ball, and what happened? He gave Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes a chance to win. That's what happened. Hurts uh, is the MVP, though, and I, I agree with you, Keith. Hurts is the MVP of the league. He is. He really he deserves it. Is Patrick Mahomes the best quarterback in the NFL this year? I would say numbers wise and analytics, he is. As far as who won the NBA, who was the most valuable player to his see, this is the problem. And I Derek, I think you agree with me on this. When you say most value MVP is most valuable player to your team, you can have uh you can have another award where you want to say best player best player in the league. Well, that's okay? offensive player of the year. Yeah. All right, so make him offensive player of the year. Patrick Mahomes is a MVP is most valuable player. Is Patrick Mahomes really the most valuable player to his team? Honestly, could they make the play? Now, they won't win the Super Bowl. Can they make the playoffs without Patrick Mahomes? I think they can. I think they can. I don't know if they win. I don't think they're the number one seed, but I think they make the playoffs. I think they do. If Jalen Hurts is not on the Cowboys, if if he's not on the Eagles, do the Eagles make the playoffs? No. I mean, I think it's it's funny that Hurts missing those two games kind of took him out of the MVP race, even though he was he was the odds-on favorite before that injury mm-hmm. uh, after the Chicago game. He gets hurt for the next two weeks. Mahomes runs away with it. He's he's going to win. But they go 0-2 without Hurts. And the Saints game was one of the worst games in, in, the, last, in the Sirianni tenure, in mm-hmm. his two-year tenure. Um, the offense looked absolutely lost, out of sorts. I know there's no Lane Johnson, but, I mean, we're talking about value, um, and we're talking about the identity that that offense has built around Jalen Hurts, and I get it. I mean, they're littered with talent everywhere. I get it. Um, but I think there's there's almost a gap in the in the understanding of the rushing value, too, that Hurts brings to the Eagles and that – a lot of these newer quarterbacks bring to their teams that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into the analytics of it because honestly I I probably don't know it well enough because I I could tell you all the EPA per play EPA per dropback all that stuff that Mahomes is going to clear Hurts I get that he's gonna beat everyone in all those categories I'm not he's definitely the best passer in the league but I think Hurts' ability not only the value he brings on early downs. And the rushing lanes he creates for himself, but also Miles Sanders. I mean, they're accounting for Hurts every single play. He is helping that O-line out as well. And he avoids negative plays. I mean, Hurts, until the last couple weeks that he played, he, he really didn't turn the football over. The first 10, 11 weeks of the year, he didn't turn the football over. He doesn't take bad sacks anymore like he did last year. When he holds on to the football, he throws it away now. Um there's a lot of value in that too. There are just no bad plays with Hurts. I think that's a part of the greatness of guy, the greatness of guys like a Justin Herbert, whereas a guy like Josh Allen is kind of more risk it, get a uh, risk it biscuit kind of guy. He's going to throw the football down the field, and now he was whatever top three in interceptions thrown this year. Um, I think there's variance year to year with those guys, um, but a guy like Hurts, like he takes such good care of the football. 
Um, he, he was always a decent game manager last year, but I think there was a lot to be desired throwing the football, but this year he really put it together. Um, so I, I do think there's a gap in terms of him running the football and the value he brings there and his ability to just not have negative plays. Keith, I Keith says uh, without Hurts, they played awful. Well, yeah, especially against the Saints. Now, he, uh, the backups did do well against the Cowboys, but their defense didn't, so we'll see. And I, I think Hurts plays a big part in that offense. And if Hurts is in that lineup and he's at least 90%, I, I, I don't think anybody in the NFC beats them. I really don't. Even as good as San Francisco is on paper defensively, I don't know if they're going to be able to stop all the weapons that the Eagles have if Jalen Hurts plays the game. Uh, and they can run the ball, and and it just and that defense, that Eagles defense is elite too. So they have one of the better offensive lines in football too. I think that if you look at the big picture, I, I think uh, that the next week will be the fun week when it comes to football. I just uh, that was just like last year. I mean, last year the wild card weekend was was crap, terrible. It, it was. I mean, the Chiefs blew out the Steelers. Um, Trying to think who else. Uh, yeah, the Eagles. The Bucks blew out yeah. the Eagles. Like the, card- yeah, the, uh, the Rams blew out the was, Cardinals. Yeah, the Rams blew out the Cardinals. Only good game was the Bengals Raiders game. Uh, that came down to the final drive. But then the, and the Raiders should have won that game. By the way, the Raiders should have won that the, game. The, the Raiders should have won that game. Derek Carr went down to the goal line and mm-hmm. stalled. Um, but the divisional round last year, I mean, you had Tannehill throw three interceptions. The Bengals knock off the one seed. The Chiefs-Bills game was one of the best games you'll ever see. Uh, the Bucks rams the Bucks almost have one of the best comebacks you'll ever see. Um, and then the 49ers upset the Packers as whatever, what were they, like the six seed? And the Packers yeah. were 14-2 and two or 14-3, and three and they were running all over everybody, and they lose round one um, or their first game. Like, I mean, that was one of the best routes we've ever seen. So I would not be surprised if it was like that. I mean, if we get – like Chargers Chiefs in yeah. the divisional round, like a third time they play each other. We know how well the Chargers always play the Chiefs. Um, you get the Bills Bengals stuff like that. I mean, it could be really, really good. I would love to see the Chargers. I think the Chargers beat the Jaguars because I think Trevor Lawrence and that that's a that's a young team. And even though they're playing at home, and Doug Peterson has won before, I, I just I I trust the vet, the other veteran quarterback, the other younger quarterback, because I think he's the better of the two. So. Uh, I I I trust Justin Herbert in the big game and 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 by the way Mike Williams my of what I'm reading he is playing in the game so uh, Keenan Allen's playing in the game Eckler I mean they're 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 a good offense and they're gonna make they're gonna make plays the question is is the defense gonna be able to shut down the Jaguars if they could keep the Jaguars to a bare minimum as good as the defense was uh, and it has been over the last couple of weeks I still think the Chargers are the better team so. Um, and only thing is, is I think Doug Peterson's the better coach. Yeah, if we wonder which yard line Brandon Staley will go for it in their own territory. I don't trust. <laughs> I do not trust Brandon Staley with the fourth and twos, the fourth and threes. Oh yeah, he's he, an he'll idiot. go for it as own thirty, and then I'll set up the he's Jack short field. He is an idiot. <laughs> oh, can't yeah, wait. he's just not consistent. Yeah, it's like he'll have a fourth down in opponent's territory and he'll get really conservative and then become defensive head coach and be like, oh, I'm going to trust my defense here, and then. He'll put his defense in the worst spots when he goes for it in his own territory. It's just, it's really, really weird how that guy coaches sometimes. I do think like, and we saw it the last month where you had Herbert on offense and they kind of put it together and those guys got healthy 
And Staley, say what you want about him as a head coach, because I think his game management and situational coaching is pretty terrible. Um, but he's a, he's an elite defensive game planner. And you see it on primetime. Anytime he plays a Mahomes even, like you get 80% of Mahomes when he plays the Chargers, even though they don't have all their dudes. And Bosa's back now. But they, they've been pretty beat up all year. He knows how to take away kind of the right hand of any offense, right? He's going to make you play left-handed. He's going he's gonna to make you win in other ways that you don't want to win. So I think – Having that combination of Staley on defense, game planning, and Herbert on offense, it's a dangerous recipe in the playoffs. Like, you don't want to face that. They were brilliant, I think, defensively against the Dolphins. I think that was a master class. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that. Staley had a handful. Of, even the San Fran game, where they, they had like practice, they had practice squad guys on defense, and they kept it close for four quarters against a healthy San Fran team, and they had no business keeping that game close. No, he, he's a good defensive mind. Uh, he's a great defensive coordinator. I just don't think he's any good. As he a, might be a, just a coordinator, which is a lot of guys. There's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, I think he's a good team culture guy, though. Too. I think the the players the do like, like him. him. Sure. Yeah, the guys like him. And 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 now listening to what Sean McVay has said, he might step down. I'm not surprised, by the way. I am not because he practically won his Super Bowl. This team has no future. I'm and and we we have all heard about Sean Payton wanting to come to L.A. Uh, I know everybody said he would take the Arizona job because he could become the GM. I think he's going to take one of those L.A. jobs. I still think the Chargers job could be available. If they lose this game against the Jaguars, uh, he could be fired. He really could. Uh, um, and, and Justin Herbert, uh, could you imagine Sean Payton gets his hand on Justin Herbert? I mean, that, that would be, be that would be fun. That would be fun to watch because, Gary, you know, Sean Payton is a he's a smart, you know, he's a smart mind. He's an offensive mind and every single quarterback he's touched, even some of the worst quarterbacks, he's find a way to get them to play for him. So uh, it, it's, it is pretty interesting. And this off season is going to be interesting. We, we all talk about the quarterbacks that are going to be available this year, but uh, there's some pretty good free agents that are available. Uh, even your Eagles, uh, they have some decisions to make in the off season as well. Uh, they have a lot of old pieces, a lot of older players that they're overpaying. Uh, they want to get young in some of those positions. They have a lot of draft stock this offseason. Uh, they they should use the draft stock to kind of rebuild. They've got like 20, 20 unrestricted free agents right now. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of them, it's like Minshew guys. Uh, yes. Like they're fine and they help you and they're they're good depth guys. But I would think five or six of them, they're, they're going to give a lot of thought to re-signing them. Um, but yeah, like it's a big draft year for the Eagles for sure. Yeah, and they have a lot of draft stock. So... Uh, they have the quarterback, and they have to they have to move forward because I know a lot of people were saying, "Oh, we're, we'll go we'll go after C.J. Stroud, or we'll go after Bryce Young, or this guy or that guy." They have their quarterback, and I, I, and I, I as a Jet fan, if if somehow the Eagles are stupid enough to let Jalen Hurts go or let trade him, I would be honored to take Jalen Hurts as my starting quarterback. The only, the only way that would happen at this point is if Chip <laughs> Kelly intrudes their front office and starts yeah, making those deals. I, was gonna he was say, doing I, I don't think that's happening. That, I, I, they would be stupid. I, I don't think the Eagles yes. are dumb enough to tr- trade away uh, their quarterback, who is pretty damn good, okay? Okay, speaking of dumb, mm-hmm. um, I, I see every – I think the media wants this to happen so badly – with the Bears getting the first pick, everyone wants to see, at least media, I'm seeing, they should trade Justin Fields. They're they idiots. Draft Bryce yeah, Young. No, they um, They're idiots. 
Yeah, I like I don't even think they believe that. I just think they want the chaos and it would be good for their business and it's something to talk about. But um I'm actually really curious to see what the Bears do and the kind of value they can they can gauge for the first pick. And right. I think a, a team like the Colts. Yeah. I think a team like the Colts would kind of empty their pockets for that first pick. If they get to leapfrog a team in their division like Houston, who also needs a quarterback, I mean they could they could really milk milk that cow and get a lot. I think Chicago could get a lot. You know what's so funny? Should, yeah. Could you imagine if this year was last year and the Giants got the number one pick from Chicago? <laughs> yeah, that could have happened. I mean, the Giants could have had the number one pick, but uh, they're not moving on from Justin Fields. And I t- I'll take Justin Fields as a Jet fan. I'll be yeah. I'll be absolutely honored to take Justin. I was going to say I I think twenty teams would sign up for Justin Fields right now. Absolutely, absolutely. I take Justin Fields as my starting quarterback. They're not moving on from him. What they're going to do is they're going to trade out of that pick. They'll they'll trade two three spots down. They'll still get Anderson because I think that's what yep. they want. Uh, they'll get Anderson, uh, which which is the Colts. I think the Colts are the perfect trade partner. Just looking at it, a hundred percent. And and the Colts are what five or four or four. Four, you let them jump spots. You get another. You get an extra first round draft pick next year, and maybe a second this year. Uh, you reload that way, and Chicago gets Anderson, their guy that they want. Because I think, I think all three quarterbacks are going to go one, two, and three. And I, I think Anderson will be sitting there at four, and they could get their guy because Anderson's a beast. This guy is. This guy's a a Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa type of guy. This guy or. I guess you want to say defensive lineman. You could say he's Quinn Williams. You know what I mean? That's what he is. So he's going to be a beast in the NFL. And I think they, after losing Roquan Smith and trading him away for garbage, nothing, they need to find a way to rebuild that defense. <coughs> so he's the highest paid linebacker in the and inside linebacker in the league. Oh, I, I think it's going to be very. This is a very interesting offseason because the the transition this offseason for a lot of these teams. Like the Patriots, the Patriots could be a Super Bowl contender next year with the money that they have on the, uh, 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 you know, on the charts. I, I mean, the Patriots. Um, Did you see their like uh, press release today that uh, they're going to retain Gerard Mayo and they're going to have an ongoing search for an offensive coordinator? They they want to put that happen. out there. Because, <laughs> that's not uh, going to happen. The Browns are going to get Gerard Mayo. I have a feeling. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Mayo's going to have opportunities to be at DC. Um, and I, I would love to see him be a DC. I, I thought the offensive coordinator tidbit was, was, was pretty funny. Just, um, I think that's Robert Kraft because I think if it was up to Belichick, he would he would say, "F you, I'm going to do it my way." Patricia's my buddy; he's my guy. And you know what? Okay, he he sucked year one. Like we'll be better year two. I think if it was totally up to him, that's what would happen. But what's probably going to happen is either Bill O'Brien. Comes yeah. back to New England I or agree. Cliff Cliff Kingsbury just because he played there. I don't I don't know if Belichick wants to deploy an air raid with Mac Jones, but <laughs> um, I think just the fit of of be of coaching Cliff Kingsbury for a couple of years, drafting him, um, having that relationship, maybe he could be the offensive coordinator there. They, have, they could do an air raid with that. They just have two tight ends and two running backs. I have, spread out. Exactly. I, I, exactly. I have a feeling that the Jets are going to be very interested in Cliff Kingsbury too, who has a very good communicated. What do you think of the little floor? 
I was so happy. By the way, I was the one that after his first year with the Jets, I said, get rid of him. This year, all year, everybody was blaming Zach Wilson. I said, are you watching the games? Are you watching the play calling? I said, Michael LaFleur is the reason why this kid hasn't developed. And finally, the Jets, actually, I don't know if they were listening to me or just listening to somebody, but in the offseason, they finally fired that idiot. He's an idiot. He is not a good offensive coordinator. He's not a play. His brother's an idiot. He said, watch, Aaron Rodgers is gone. Aaron Rodgers goes wherever he goes. And I like Jordan Love. He's good, but he's a, he's a young player. You will watch the play calling of Matt LaFleur at, at his best. He will be fired at the end of next year. Matt LaFleur is not a good play caller. I, uh, Sean McVay, you know, I kind of... I judge his play calling. I don't care what his photographic memory, and he remembers every single freaking play. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, he's an idiot, okay? And and he is the reason why this team has no future. I don't care what anybody says, and that's why he wants to leave. Let, don't get it twisted, guys. He will re, he will leave for one year, and then he'll go to another team and ruin that team. That's what he does. I I, I don't think Sean McVay is that good. I, I'm not a big Kyle Shanahan fan either. I, I think Kyle Shanahan, he knows how to he knows how to get into the big game, and then he knows how to lose the big game. Go ask um, go ask the Atlanta Falcons on who was who was calling the offensive play calling in the fourth quarter against the Patriots on why they lost that big lead. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, and then go ask why the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago because somebody started and stopped running the ball with five minutes and thirty seconds left of the game. Kyle Shanahan is a terrible play calling. Uh, he has terrible play calling at the end of the game where he puts his team at risk. I don't like Kyle Shanahan either. I think his pool, they, they're successful. They find a way to win. But, of course, they're pretty boys. Go look at them. Sean McVay, pretty boy. Matt LaFleur, pretty boy. Mike LaFleur, pretty boy. Go up and down. Even Robert Sala, love the guy, pretty boy. It's all pretty boys. And That's what they the are. Smurf. <laughs> Yes, and then, well, that that he's an Ewok, okay? He's <laughs> he's he's a little dud. He's like the little, uh, you know, what do they call that? The the ugly, what are they? ugly duckling. Oh no, no, what do they call that? Uh, <laughs> uh, the garbage pail kid, okay? Oh. That's what he is. He's the garbage pail kid. I, I mean. McDaniel's, who, by the way, I think is the best out of all of them. Uh, Keith, he's re- he's referring to uh, Errol's referring to uh, Mike McDaniel. He, uh, both knows, him and guests of our shows have called the Smurf. He is. He's an Ewok. You know, I, I, he says I'm losing. It. I'm not losing. It. No, he said that in the past. So again, am, one of our Dolphins guests said that too. He, like he rolled with it. I'm not losing it. I'm. I'm just telling the truth. If you go up and down the Kyle Shanahan list of trees, they're all pretty boys. Every one of them. Am I lying? Sean McVay. I mean. The guy has got the prettiest hair we've ever seen with his blue eyes. You have Mike LaFleur with his little California look. Matt LaFleur with his little spike little hair and his little, you know, his little hat, his little beanie that he wears on his head. I, I mean, he's got and, – and Robert Sala, love the man. I think he's a good coach. I, I think he's a very good coach. The guy's a pretty boy. They're all pretty boys. And, and, and by the way, besides McVay, who's won a Super Bowl? Who's won a Super Bowl as a head coach? Mm-hmm. Sean McVay. And Sean McVay only won a Super Bowl because they traded away all their assets. That's it. And now he's leaving. So congratulations. And now I'm hearing Cliff Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury could take over as a head coach. Good luck on that one, too. <laughs> I mean, ridiculous. It, it's that team. Uh, who's going to be the quarterback next year? Baker Mayfield? Oh, that'll be a joke. I mean, Aaron Donald should have retired when he had a chance. 
I mean, honestly, I, I, I do. McVay will go to another team, and Aaron Donald will get traded there. <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous, dude. By the way, uh, uh, we lost him, but uh, shout out to our boy Derek. Uh, <laughs> we were insulting. We were insulting the coaches too much. He must. Oh no, he's back. I mean, Derek. Derek knows what I'm talking about. It, it's, it's it's ridiculous when you go when you look at the coaches and the availability coaches and how many coaching jobs are going to be. This might be the smallest we've seen in a long time. It, yeah, into the off season. It's only three right now. Well, it's, it's only three. Yeah, it's only three wow. right now. Yeah, it's only it's only technically the Texans, the Texans, the Colts. Colts. Oh, yeah, and the there's... the Panthers technically, and the Broncos. So it's four right Broncos. now. Broncos. Wilkes okay. is. Okay. Wow. Gonna, Steve Wilkes is going to win that job with the car. Uh, I think you think so. Oh, I don't think so. I think it's going to be Demeco Ryan's over there. Really? Yeah. I think Tepper is going to go after the flashy new toy. I, I don't think he'll resist. Um, I think he would lean on offense. I think he would do a Ben Johnson, um, someone like that. I mean, Harbaugh makes a lot of sense for them. Kind of a program he seems builder. pretty locked to the Broncos. Now. He's going to the Broncos. Yeah. He's going to be introduced yeah. over the weekend. I'm hearing. Yeah. I think wow. Yes, yep. that's what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. That's well, what they I'm just hearing. interviewed David Shaw. I, was, I mean, they have to. That's they that, have that's to. Rooney yeah. Rule check, yeah. yes. and that's to be Jim Harbaugh's offensive coordinator. That's what that defensive interview I think was. Defensive coordinator. He's a defensive coach, David Shaw. Oh yeah, I thought he was more. No, he, his minded. his specialty is okay. defense at Stanford. They, okay, they're they're always okay. a defense and running type school. They're kind of the counterculture of the Pac-12. Oh, Jim Harbaugh is taking that job with the Broncos, and I, I think he'll yeah. he'll rebuild that team. I mean, Russell Wilson was yeah, he's a good coach. Yes, and he shouldn't. Russell Wilson shouldn't have been as bad as he was this year. Okay, I I, I know a lot of people want to say it's the worst trade in NFL history. Russell Wilson's a good quarterback. That offensive line was horrible. Uh, that defense with that complaining and bitching and moaning. I, I think they overpaid Russell Wilson in the offseason, but I still think he's a quality quarterback that can make plays. I, I, I think that the, the, the team that I think is just really going to be questioning going into the offseason is the Colts. Because whoever they bring in, whoever takes that coaching job, they don't have any quarterback. They don't have anybody. And, okay, they bring in one of these young quarterbacks. Are you going to trust any of those quarterbacks? And besides Pittman, what are their other weapons? What weapons do they have? And, yes, Taylor. Uh, they have a good running back and a good wide receiver. There's nothing else. Their offensive line fell apart this year, which, which should have been one of the better offensive lines. Their defense was horrible, was horrific. I mean, they have all these all these guys that they paid, overpaid for, and they had one of the best linebackers in the league in Leonard. What happened to him this year? He was year? hurt all year. I, I, I mean, horrible. And they have no secondary, by the way. They're just a horror. They're just, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't take the Colts shop. I wouldn't take the cold shop if if I was a coach right now, and Frank Wright. Well, Ursay is also a control freak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I if I was Frank Wright, I would not take a job this off season. I become an offensive coordinator for at least another year. Do not jump into another job because usually coaches that do that they never get a coaching job again. We've seen this before. I uh, Rex Ryan never coached again. I if I look at all these different coaches, um, Pat Shermer was one. Pat Shermer was another one. Uh, Man genius. He yep. went from the Jets to the Browns. He never coached again. Go look at all the coaches after they got fired and they took another job the next year. It never works. Frank Wright should be. You, you want to be an offense? Take the Jets co- offensive coordinating job for a year. Go over there, help redevelop uh, Zach Wilson, and, and figure that out. 
We'll, we'll take him back in Philly if Steichen gets a head coaching job. Yeah, he definitely could. Who? What is it? There, Eagles offensive coordinator Steichen. Yeah, he he's gonna. He, could. He's going to be. Again, I'm also hearing that the Jets are interested in the quarterback coach of the Eagles. The Jets cannot. Brian Johnson. Yes, they cannot bring in a rookie offensive coordinator. They cannot do that this year. They need to find a veteran guy that's done it before. They cannot do it. I I, I like I, I like what the Eagles are doing. It's great. You cannot bring in an, another young guy that's never had the experience. It's not going to work. This is a one-year make a move, make the playoffs, or Robert Sala is going to be gone. Is Robert Sala going to put it in the hands of a rookie offensive coordinator? If I was Robert, I wouldn't be doing it. I, I'd be looking for a guy that has the experience. Bring in an Andy Reid guy. Uh, what's his name again? Who is the Chicago Bears head coach? Oh, Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy. He's a good. He's a good offensive coordinator. He's yeah. not a good coach. He's a good offensive coordinator. Bring Matt Nagy in. Let him become the offensive coordinator, uh, offensive coordinator for the Jets. He'll run the Andy Reid offense. You know, so they need to do something like that. It, it, it makes a lot of sense. They cannot bring in one of these young guys and little shiny little piece. They did it with Michael Floyd. Didn't work. It didn't work. So. I, I, I'm worried about the Jets that they make the wrong decision. I was happy that they made the decision to fire Mike LaFleur. They got to make the right decision here because it's going to be a make or break. And by the way, Sauce, I love you. You're one of the more dynamic players in the league. Please shut your mouth, man. Why are you telling the press that you're guaranteeing that this team is going to make the playoffs next year? You will look like a complete fool if they don't even come close. And I'm a Jet fan. I think they might. But to say to come out like that and say that they're going to make the playoffs no matter what next year is is ridiculous. It's it's one player sauce. If we had uh, if we had seven eight guys like you, I would say let's go for it. I I think we're going to win. We have one of you. That's it. One. So, anyways, Derek. Not, not everybody could be as uh, consistent about their guarantees as Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> 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 yes, Derek. I know you like that one. <laughs> I was gonna say, man, that was that was a low blow. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I was praising him because he actually he actually owned up to it because he played well in that Super Bowl. Well, my Jets That's are in true. the playoffs, but my Jets are in the playoffs, so you know I'm rooting for. You know who I'm rooting for, so I'm rooting for the Eagles. I Look, I know the Jets. End of the year is tough. Oh my but god! You get a last place schedule next year. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> You hey, get a higher Texas. <laughs> you get a higher pick, and I do think that is the most attractive QB destination this offseason. Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. If if Lamar somehow became available, I mean, who knows? Uh, Tom Brady, I don't know if I he would want to do that. But Tom Brady, <laughs> well you don't awkward. want him. Oh, you want Tom Brady? I mean, <laughs> it would be like, an awkward transition for Jets fans. He's a huge up. I don't want Tom Brady as the starting quarterback of my organization. Uh, I don't want him. Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is the most obvious one. I think Jimmy G is an upgrade. Aaron Rodgers is like the sexy pick. I I would love it. He also might retire, but that's the dream for Errol. Aaron Rodgers is not retiring. Yes. Yes. He is not retiring. I want everybody to understand this. He is. I don't think so either, but the what. Okay, listen to his press conference. It was, I want to say it was this week. Like, it wasn't after the game. I heard um, it, yeah. I don't know, though. The guy was getting, the guy, he sounded like a guy who's either played his last snap in Green Bay or he's retiring. I don't think he's going to come back to Green Bay. Oh, that, he's not, that's probably the way I He's not it. going to Green Bay. It's either Vegas 
San Francisco or the Jets. That's where I think he's going. Or maybe even the Cowboys. If Dak chokes. San Francisco, oh, just end the league then if he's going yeah. there. Oh, he yeah. shouldn't <laughs> even play the games next year. I, I think he could because he always wanted to play there. It's yeah. been, He always that's wanted where, to play there. That's his uh, home state. And he'll take less money just to go over there to try to win. I know it. He'd go over there just to try to win over there in San Francisco. And and I could see it happening. I really if San Francisco loses and they don't get they don't get into the NFC title game, uh they're not going to the, I, I I I I have San Francisco. I'm going to stick with my picks. Before the season started, I had San Francisco, Buffalo. I'm going to stick with it. But I something tells me the Eagles are going to beat San Francisco. I I think if the Eagles get into the NFC title game and they have the home field, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be a very hard, uh, hard out for San Francisco. I don't, I don't trust Purdy. I really don't. I don't trust him. So, Derek, we love you, man. We'll get you on next week. As always, you're fantastic. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, enjoy the football this weekend. Oh, we yes. will, and uh, hopefully, I'll, I don't throw. I'll up. try. I'll try. I. <laughs> you're going to throw up. I mean, if the you you want to know something, if the Giants win, this guy's going to probably run around naked outside. No, That's I what he would do. Why would I do that? I think the game's a coin flip. So I, I mean, it, it definitely could happen. Why would I do that in the winter? By the way, today the Broncos interviewed Sean Payton. So there you go. Uh, they're not getting right, shot. Yes. Later, Derek. Later. I love Derek. No, it seems like Jim Harbaugh is a pretty, pretty evident lock there, which means Sean Payton's probably going to the Rams or the Cardinals. Yeah, I think I think Sean Payton's going to the Rams. I think he's going to the Rams. That's where I think he's going. I, I Sean McVay. It's not. It's not a coincidence. Sean McVay said that. It's not a coincidence. Come on, Sean McVay did it because he knows that team has no chance for the future. He knows that he'll wait a year. He'll wait a year, and when all those jobs become available, could you imagine next year the Jets' job could become available? Mm-hmm. I mean, if Robert Solid doesn't get them into the playoffs, oh yeah, the Jets' job could be available for him. There's a ton of jobs that are going to be available next year. I, I, I mean, the Patriots' job could be available next year oh, if Belichick Bel- retires. If Belichick yeah. retires, yeah. and uh, that could be available. I, I mean. San Francisco could fire Kyle Shanahan next year if they don't win. They don't win a Super Bowl. Here's an interesting one because he's like kind of on the hot seat. I think he's still good, but Cleveland maybe. How about Washington? How about Washington and Ron uh, Ron, Ron Rivera. Rivera? Okay, you know, I, I mean, he could go back to Washington. Yeah. I, I always say the Browns, though, because it could be Deshaun Watson if he rejuvenates himself. But if Stefanski's not good enough as a head coach, they could get rid of him, too. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I like him, but I, I don't know. It's an option. There could be a lot yeah. of uh, – how about the Bengals? You know, if they don't win the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know? I've been very skeptical of their coach at certain times. I mean, yeah. how about the Bengals? Sure. I, I mean, there could be a lot of teams, a lot of good teams that could have availability as a coach next year. And Sean McVay could go and work for – and I know they he got a big offer in the offseason last year – uh, with uh, Amazon, he could go one year work for Amazon, make forty million dollars with uh, as a broadcaster for Amazon, and then he can go right back into coaching. And I think that's what he's planning to oh, do. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I think that's there's going to be too to many do. teams that are going to want somebody like that because the guy until this year didn't have a losing season and was good with even before the Super Bowl year was still good with like offensive players that we considered mediocre and that's what those teams need to rebuild and just get a good team culture. It's it's going it, I think he's leaving. I think Sean Payton's going to get that job. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says with the Arizona. I heard Jeff say Arizona. He is not. I repeat, he's not going to Arizona. Why would he go to Arizona when he can go to the Rams? 
He's got Aaron Donald there and Ramsey. He's got he's actually got all world players there. Uh, Wagner will be there next year. That defense will be pretty damn good. He just got to rebuild the offense, and he he could find a quarterback in the second and third round that he can build up and turn into a pretty good quarterback. If there's anybody that can do it, and and a quarterback was another quarterback was it's Sean Payton, who is very good with quarterbacks and building up quarterbacks. So. Uh, maybe he helps Baker Mayfield and he changes Baker sure. Mayfield's career around. Uh, he could do that. Yeah, too. Baker Mayfield was linked to the Saints when he was there as a potential trade piece. I so mean, I could say it. Maybe he keeps Baker Mayfield there and he drafts his own guy or brings in a uh, you know a veteran guy. Maybe Derek Carr goes there. Maybe that. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he go Derek Carr goes to the Rams. Yeah, and and starts starts over there or Jimmy Garoppolo goes over there. Yeah. So anything could happen. Um. That's it for our show. Thank you to Derek. Thank you to Antoine Kaysen for joining us. Fantastic. I didn't even know he was a first-round draft pick until yep. I read it. Uh, but all-world college player and uh, pretty good NFL player. He played a couple of years in the NFL. Seven years, yeah. Couldn't stay healthy, but uh, a good player. Very good player. Uh, um, thank you to uh, Football Outsiding Editor-in-Chief Aaron Schatz for joining us. As always, you were fantastic. So last year was the Justin Herbert argument. Now it's the MVP arguments that you guys had. Oh. There's always something. You know what it is, is that he's wrong on that. Jalen Hurts was the MVP before he got hurt. He was. I don't care about the numbers and analytics. Jalen Hurts was the most valuable player to his team. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Keith says also, uh, good night, guys. Peyton's going to coach Denver, he thinks. Who, Peyton Manning? Sean Peyton. Oh. No. Oh, that'd be interesting, Peyton Manning, going back to coach the Broncos. Said, why not? I, mean, Sean Payton, I, I don't think he's interested in coaching, but that would be funny. Who, Sean Payton? No, no, Peyton Manning I don't think was ever interested in oh, coaching. Oh, is he talking about Peyton or no, Sean No, no, he's talking about Sean Payton. Oh. Um, I don't think Peyton, Peyton Manning would be a great coach. No, I think he would be, too. I just don't think he's interested in coaching. No, I don't think he – I think he's making enough money with his brother sitting yeah, on TV. Yeah, Manning and, cast. And doing the Manning cast. I mean, those two guys. But – uh Anyways, thank you to all the fans. Uh, another week, two weeks in to 2023. Uh, great show. Thank you to all the fans that continue listening to us. We, we, we're we happy to entertain you guys, and we'll uh, be back next week. Listen to the Weekend Crunch on Saturday on 103.9 FM with me and Speedy, guys. If you don't live in the Long Island area, go to uh, – what do we go to? Uh, Tune in radio or iHeartRadio? iHeartRadio. Go to iHeartRadio at 7 o'clock, right? Was 7 o'clock? No, we're after the Islander game. After week. the Islander game. Oh, how wonderful. So, so after you watch the Islanders get shut out, you can go listen to our show. Or they'll, they'll get a shutout. It all depends on Sorokin <laughs> dancing on his head. <laughs> Pretty um, much. Uh, but it's the Canadians, so I think the Islanders no, should No, they, sh- they should blow them out, but yeah. we'll see if they actually do. Um, yeah, so uh, we'll be on at 10, 1030 on Saturday night. Good night. You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.